Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Pathfinders podcast, where we are charting the way through all the vast nebulous information surrounding Star Citizen and its development. We are your hosts. I am Tree0311. And I am Nazareth, the guy who's in charge of running this show into the ground. <laughs> uh, technical yeah, we've got a, a pretty interesting show to, uh, today. Um, I don't think it's going to go as long just because we don't have the full PU monthly report. No, no, no. A no. few highlights from the next month is going to, or next week, next, uh, the next episode. Next episode, episode three is going to go really long because I'm expecting a major uh, roadmap update. In the, yeah, in next no, week. I, I agree. Um, but there are a few highlights from the Squadron 42 roadmap, or sorry, monthly report that are are, are interesting. Ooh, hold on, I better mute that. <laughs> I don't want the, the baby cam screaming in the background. <laughs> That'd um, be great. All right. Yeah, there are there are a few highlights for the uh, Squadron 42 monthly report. Uh, last week's roadmap roundup was pretty light. Um, but still interesting, uh, so we'll talk about those things. And then, of course, we have our regular um, uh, segments, uh, the Spectrum Pulse, um, and then our Scanner Anomalies. So uh, why don't we start off with the Roadmap Roundup, You know, because it was uh, pretty straightforward. Yep. All right, so to start us off, I wanted to read uh the change in team layout that's happened uh so it's two paragraphs and it's about the uh about two different teams and the plant content team being uh merged and subsequently removed as its own team so the mm-hmm. uh, one starts out similar to combining the live uh, mission content team and the modular location team last year to create the eu sandbox one team another change is being made and a new team is being added to the progress tracker. Historically, content produced by Star Citizen location teams has been comprised of environmental art or environment art and level design disciplines. This has changed as of August last year, adding the mission design discipline as well as additional support from the AI content team and the location pipe, locations pipeline. They, are, they will be working together with level design and art to bring spaces to life with moment-to-moment gameplay. So basically this is more of a holistic team that not just adds in a place but also the stuff to do in a place yeah the uh the location you know the all the location artists instead of just making the location into something that they think looks cool they're collaborating with the you know the the gameplay designers in order to create locations that not only look great but also are are, are functional for gameplay reasons you know uh, instead of having to go back and, and redo it to, to meet gameplay needs, they're doing it all at once. So mm-hmm. this should make that development um, more efficient when it comes to not only building locations, but building them in a way that you know we can use as players. So that's really, uh, and, I, I think it's a smart move, but I think it's really interesting to think about it that way. And also designing spaces that, like, like they're having to do with uh, like the retaliator or something to make them bigger for AI to move around. Having AI and mission teams there at that moment, like let's say Pyro being made, and they're they have pull saying, "Hey, there needs to be gameplay in these spaces." So, uh, like the rock debacle that we've had, where plants were way too rocky to do anything, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing will be addressed because, hey, we need to do missions here. We need AI to move around here. So those will now have voices when areas are being made 
Yeah, no, you definitely hit it right on the head, especially with the the AI movement and the navigation mesh. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't want to be designing these locations and then go to put AI in them, and the AI can't move, the AI can't function, or the AI don't recognize, you know, uh, things for cover or or mm-hmm. um, you know different devices and everything. It needs to all be functional all at once. So, yeah, the holistic is definitely the right word to describe it. Yeah, I think that's a pretty cool. Yeah, I can't uh, wait to see what comes out next year because of this merging of these teams because i don't think we'll see too much i imagine we'll see a little bit like shifting around this year but i think that team will come into its own uh, next year and the it's they're calling it the eu sandbox it's eu sandbox too and wasn't there already a sandbox team yes that mentioned up in the top it was uh combining of live mission content and modular locations last year to create eu sandbox one so with the yeah, other so EU sandbox one is already doing this and they're making a, an additional sandbox team. Mm-hmm. So to have uh... two whole teams, you know, of who knows how many devs working in this holistic fashion now um, should really help with the, so... the location content pipeline for sure. So modular landing zone one, Montreal modular um, environmental art and level design disciplines. So yeah, it's basically exactly the same team plus two now we have two of them mm-hmm. um the, the other paragraph just simply says what we'll be changing with this pu- uh publish is the addition of the planet content is the addition of planet content to these disciplines the planet content team will now be merged into eu sandbox 2 which is newly added uh to the progress tracker of this polish or as of this polish the plant contents team data will now end in q1 2020 on the progress tracker but will main will be maintained on the roadmap as reference. Their deliverables have been moved over to EU Sandbox One, so this has already happened. And this new mm-hmm. team has been under the upstream, so it is the first guys in there. So these guys start everything. Um, so these guys have a lot of pull when talking about moving with the big uh, features that are coming in a year or so. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we move on to the next part, the. Uh, the first line in that first paragraph where they talked about the uh, live mission content and modular location teams mm-hmm. combining last year, that is a, a pertinent point to uh, our uh, spectrum pulse. So we will come okay. back to that. Okay. Yeah. So put pin that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what actually changes on the roadmap this uh, last this week, whatever uh, planet tech team. So not content with tech team. Just I got mixed up. So I'm letting you guys know it's not the same thing. A high priority was placed on continuing work on the internal tools that allow for far quicker generation of terrain, foliage, bodies of water, and more. Mentioned in a recent ISC episode, in addition to the two new deliverables added below to accommodate this, uh, the following deliverables have been taken off the progress tracker until they are properly prioritized and rescheduled for production. So the two things that are being removed are terrain or snow displacement and destructible environments. It's really odd that those two things are the things that they removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, the destructible environments. Um, actually, that's another thing we'll be talking about later. So, put a pin in that yeah, one. Yeah, that that one, the destructible environments threw me for a bit more of a loop, just because I think they that and correct me if if you have different ideas, but I thought that had to deal with um, 
the uh, flora being, you know, us being able to drive over plants and drive through certain trees without, you know, your your Nova tank blowing up because it ran over the, the, the wrong plant or something like that. I thought that was included in that. I can't be certain now. Um, uh... But yeah, I, I, I would think that that would be a decently high priority. Um, but, you know, maybe it will pop back up. The the terrain snow displacement, I can see that falling off. Yeah. Just because snow is really just microtech, and then a couple of the moons have ice snow. But, I mean, it, it looks good. You can see your footprints, you know, making it displace isn't a, a huge priority. And I think that that's probably hinting in that with the, you know, with, you know, with pyro and um, whatever, you know, is in the... <laughs> Yeah. more near-term future for systems-wise that we're not really having to worry or think about snow or more snowy planets. So maybe that's not a huge priority as far as like the Yeah, the I imagine specifically the snow displacement will go on to a list of polish at additions. Like that's mm -hmm. a very like last sprint kind of uh, a thing. So yeah. I would it's expect a, It's really that. a visually yeah. cool thing, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not... I, I would really expect that any reason for it to be in the game as more you know more necessary than mm -hmm. you know the um, the destructible environments. Yeah, but, I, you know, like with, with the foliage shader though, um, we haven't gotten there was, yet. Yeah. You mean the destructible destructible environments? Well, you know, we're moving. You know, why was you know those two things added? You know, against uh, essentially as right. a higher priority of the things that right. they were. So let me let me get to that one. So the destructible environments. I looked it up. Uh, this feature will allow individual pieces of foliage to be destroyed, and this can be used to populate a destruction a destruction map to record data about the ecosystem's destruction. So basically, it was a a map to just say how destroyed man's making environments. So it wasn't a big enough feature to actually mean a whole ton. You can still drive stuff around. It wasn't um, super involved in actually driving through trees. And making that at least according to the paragraph. So the hmm. stuff that has been added to the progress tracker um, for the Planet Tech team, um, this was the stuff that is coming up instead of the snow displacement and destruction. Uh, so the foliage shader, creating the ability to replace most current vegetation assets materials with foliage shader versions as needed. This will improve both the general quality of foliage and vegetation as well as allow for variation between seasons and climate conditions. This deliverable has been added to the Planet Tech Team's schedule. The other one was the Ocean Shader Improvements, reworking the Ocean Shader to use more physically accurate reflections, uh, refractions and reflections with energy conservation, unifying the feature set with other water shaders and balancing performance between orbital and close-up situations. This deliverable has been added to the Planet Tech Team's schedule. So I, I like the they are prioritizing the foliage shader. Oh yeah. Um, because the way they was it in an ISC recently that they demoed it with the uh, like the changing of the seasons. Ah, oh, probably I forgot they showed yeah. that. Yeah, they they did show it pretty recently, and that looked really cool. Um, and that's oh, yeah. a necessary thing for when, um, planets, uh, start to Move. orbit. Yeah. Instead of being static. Mm -hmm. that's gonna be so weird like it will actually it will probably be actually positionally based too like they'll probably because that's simple math to just mm -hmm. get a season on position 
that, that's pretty easy. Um, yeah, that and I think the ocean shader improvements as well are very uh, like yes, they're dealing with a lot of water right now, so they want to get all their water stuff on the same kind of standard of quality. But it's interesting that like they're reworking their entire shader. Also, something to note: the whole physically accurate refraction and reflection bits um, was really interesting because this is one of like the big ray tracing features is that it's physically based uh, lighting solutions. Mm -hmm. um, but as I've seen in the past, it, within the entire game industry in the past year or so since uh, ray tracing has existed there's not a big need for ray tracing the tradition like devs have gotten so good at making realistic or even hyper realistic or what's the uh uh the overstepping realism into better than realistic uh lighting so it's it's mm. like realism but you get a better scene out of it instead of it being super like normal like if you go and try and get a screenshot of a building in star citizen it would look pretty cool if you get it, if you, you know, do the photography stuff that you should. But trying to do the same thing to a normal building out in the daylight, let's say you're using the same, like, focal lens and time of day and stuff like that, you're going to get very different uh, shots. And I think the lighting in Star Citizen is tweaked to be a little more cinematic. So maybe a little bit more contrast, a little bit more color. Um, like sunsets in Star Citizen are are definitely designed to be that good, um, and then you have to you have to really look for sunsets in uh, in real life to to get them to be as good as Star Citizen. Though uh, we're not there yet with the cloud, the clouds still need a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, although the um, they did show off the clouds that they're uh, working on for Hurston, I know uh, in Lorville, and uh, I know they said they weren't sure if it was going to make it into three seventeen. Maybe it'll be in a, a .x patch, but those were looking really cool. Um, I don't know if you remember seeing um, how vertically voluminous they were. Um, you know, getting pretty impressive. So hopefully, with the clouds, they'll be able to get those. So that way, clouds and the way that those look are um, more systemic when they implement them kind of like how they talked about with rivers, you know, once they build the planet and the terrain map, it'll just be a click and then rivers will appear. You know, maybe with clouds, you know, that'll be eventually um, that easy for them to do. Because right now it seems like it's a pretty extensive process for them to put clouds on a planet, considering we, you know, we're, we've got two out of four right now. I think... Um a lot of the cloud stuff is going to stay a little bit more hands-on because of how they decide to go about it and because they, they want a lot of breath with what they can do with it. So they can get very specific uh, designs out of the clouds. Mm -hmm. um, I think... what, what planet That are unique it? to the planet. Yeah. Like, you could have, again, realistic clouds, but these are alien plants. You want them to feel alien. And so a lot of the clouds for plants and pyro are very not what you'd see on Earth. Either they're wispier or they're uh, more jagged or whatever. Like the, they they tweak the uh, the effects on them to make them that kind of over realistic, like overstepping over realism to get a realistic 
fantasy or sci-fi or whatever you want to call it look to them. So mm-hmm. I, I I don't see like they haven't said anything about trying to make that uh, completely automatic, but it would be nice. They could, they could just like generate and then tweak a couple of things and move on. Because yeah. we have how many get planets to the where yeah, you know, where it's a almost like with the 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 other planet shaders, like maybe as they're building the planet, you know, um, with the um, the biomes, you know, mm-hmm. and the biomes will reflect the you know the the temperature and humidity, and that will change, you know, yeah. change along with the gases what the clouds look like, you know, as far as their shape um, and their color and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. But you know, I, I, from what they were first showing us, gosh, was it last year? when were they first showing us crusaders clouds was it gosh was that 2020 oh my gosh um to to what they were just recently showing with hurston in i think it was in ic yeah in the last several weeks yeah it was in a spring court it's it's come pretty dang far you know they're they're doing a pretty dang good job and 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 the the what engine and environment teams are just the the teams that just like yeah it's good now just wait till the next version (laughs) Like what? We're we're now so we've we've gone through Planet V zero the Levski the pre Levski demo onto Levski with the V one to the Ot Egg that was Art Corp and then through V two V three and now we've arrived at V four Planet Terrain. We now have mm-hmm. clouds. We now have water. We're about to have lava by the end of the year. Like once this all gets to like all gets together. And then they they do kind of like a gold pass on everything to make sure it all lines up nicely. The quality and the speed at which they can pump out a plant, like the biggest, I think, the biggest drawback of making a completely new system is going to be they have to author a whole bunch of new art assets for it. Which mm-hmm. is insane because everything else is just done. Like, click, you have a planet. Click, you have rivers paint a little bit you have clouds and those artists are going to be hard at work mm-hmm. making all the assets you know to, to put into these planetary shaders I, I would i would not be upset if after we get a good like i was i w- was even okay with not going past art core or not going past a uh, stanton until the game was basically done and then just doing that uh, just having that like a focused sandbox only in Stanton. Um, I guess they didn't ch- decide otherwise to, to expand the game as we go. Um, but I would not be upset if they got like five systems in at the most and then generated all of the terrestrial, just rocky, barren planets and put the jump points in mm-hmm. and gave you the entire landscape or the entire breadth of the solar system. But most of the like specific plans weren't there; just kind of the basic ones were. I like what they're doing. I mean, so far so good. I really like it, you know. But it's it's good to see more things coming online. Um, with the ocean shaders, you know, it. I imagine they are working on this because there are probably going to be large, you know, some some bodies of water. Um, because right now the only ocean we have is on Lorville, you know, or, or sea or giant lake, whatever you want to call it, or sorry, on Hurston, and it looks, eh, you know, it's okay. It's a but, plane at a certain depth of the planet. Yeah, um, but I know it, I 
forget if it was during citizen con they showed off one of the planets you know and it's having you know waves on the ocean and stuff and so i uh, i think that this is probably going to be in order to when that release you know when that releases or, or shortly thereafter to, to make the oceans and larger bodies of water look yeah. that much better and be up to snuff with the, the rivers and basins and there stuff. there are a lot of planets that r- require good coastal environments oh, yeah. uh like yeah. there, there's one with the floating islands that had to be evacuated or at least one of the islands had to be evacuated because they started sinking it um or that was during one of the races one of the lore posts um, and that is basically all the entire planet is almost all beachfront territory and it's a tourist like it is a tourist destination because it's basically the tropics in the entire planet so there's there's a lot of like coastal dominant areas um, I know that like Terra Terra on Terra is very waterfront territory so mm-hmm. even in, yeah, a, but... in a metro kind of environment you still need the water to be what it's supposed to be <laughs> yeah if you i mean you've probably seen the uh the really old um work in progress for terra prime you know oh it's my like God, it is it a water so bad city. it yeah. looks so bad back in the day it's like oh that's so cool and now yeah. you look at it, you're like yeah. oh gosh it's like I, oh man and i remember hearing from one of the devs that he was, he was so proud on his off time he made a procedural city tool just because he wanted mm-hmm. to and so they just like that's cool. And they chucked it on the Terran. Like, wow, it's a whole city. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back at the, the stuff, not the concept art, but the models that they actually had there. It was so bad. It was so bad. Uh, and now we have, and, and I think it's the only river, or the only city that we know with a river running through it. Other than Earth cities. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know of anything specifically mentioned. But I mean that you know, since they worked on it, I imagine they probably wouldn't change maybe the layout too much, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the landscape. But you know, just bring it up to up to snuff, and you know. But even yeah, even with what they did show, you know, I mean it, the the concept of it, you know, as, as far as cities go, was pretty dang cool. Yeah, I I hope that different cities have different sizes depending on their. I guess worth would be the easiest way to put it of gameplay. Like Art Corp is good and it should have a couple of different districts and a couple of different shops, but it's nowhere the powerhouse that is Terra on Terra, like mm-hmm. Terra city and new Austin as well. Like they're both have a lot of headquarters and a lot of companies there. So there'll be a lot of mission givers. There'll be a lot of uh, missions just to pick up in the general area. There should be a lot of like, uh, like, lots of bars there, lots of, uh, like, there should be a pretty substantial transit, housing. Uh, Art Corp is an industrial powerhouse, yes, but it is mostly Art Corp there. Babbage has at least two headquarters being Babbage and some, not Babbage, but uh, Microtech and someone else has a headquarter in Microtech. I forget which company it was. But, like each planet, like in Hurston, Hurston can stay very small because it only has Hurston. Nobody wants Hurston. Yeah. No one else is gonna buy real estate there. Oh, there are some people, and it's just like, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's cheap. Or maybe her, the Hurston family drives up the price just to charge people because they know they're stupid enough to buy it. I don't know. Okay, we're we're going down a very deep rabbit hole. 
yeah real estate <laughs> let's move on to the squadron 42 uh uh monthly report all right with the squadron 42 reports you know a lot of it is stuff that is um copied over i mean i hate to say copied over but it is you know yeah, a lot of the stuff from the area. from the pu monthly report because you know this a lot of this stuff does you know go both ways or the majority of it, and then they they add in the squadron specific things on top of that. Yeah, I, I so like the the first one is under the AI content team. It's you know it says specifically for Squadron Forty Two, the team focused on implementing debt crew behaviors. Last month they integrated multiple roles, set up the right usables for each individual, fixed the air traffic controller behavior to correctly work with the landing officers, and starting adding started adding wild lines. Um, <clears throat> so the Everything they've been talking about with the AI is really interesting. Just the way that they describe all the different um, AI roles and behaviors that are there that are going to, you know, be there. And it's interesting to think about because they're building this for Squadron Forty Two specifically right now. But you know, deck crew behaviors, you know, air traffic controller behaviors, um, landing officers, all these things. These are NPCs that. You know, you will likely be able to hire these sorts of NPCs or NPCs to fulfill these roles, you know, for your own large ships. Um, you know, the Idris, the Kraken, um, but you'll also see them. You know, I, I imagine these all these behaviors are things that we're going to see in the PU. You know, once server meshing comes in and the servers can support all these NPC behaviors and um, NPC logic. You know, it's which is really cool to think about. You know, all those NPCs that are in the hangar right now who don't do a whole lot—they wander around aimlessly—and <laughs> to see them actually, you know, reacting to uh, you coming in and landing will be just so cool. I, I was talking with a friend. Was it yesterday? Yesterday on stream, um, and I had just uh, watched the recap or the, the video that Tony Z did about virtual NPCs, and I just had like the epiphany moment that I get a lot of the time with Star Citizen. The the fact that you could walk into an environment and the P, the the NPCs there are full assumption AI, so that means they have a schedule, they have wants, they have needs that they have to do. So they're going and doing something. So let's take the hangars for example. Either those are guards or the security personnel, and so they're basically they basically they need to stay there. Or you have mechanics there. Uh, a better example of the the breadth of it is in the plaza in Microtech, so in New Babbage, um, they have a lot of working out uh, NPCs, running or doing yoga or whatever in, in the plaza. Or there's even some shops around that other NPCs are just kind of moseying about to. Um, Those working out NPCs have insane endurance because they just keep going right. and going and going. So one, NPCs will have endurance, and that's part of what Actor Status V2, I believe it is? Yes, Actor Status V2 is giving the stamina, food, hunger and all the health things that players already have giving them to npcs that's part of the extra status v2 uh supposedly coming or the the task for it will be finishing up at the end of the year for uh, the actor feature team um so having uh, npcs going around they will actually need to do things and then virtual npcs are npcs that have stories attached to them whether they be on the back end server or subsumption, so you could walk into an environment and there'd be NPCs around you that have done things of record. So they shot at players, they took down pirates, 
they are advocacy and they actually have like storylines and these are procedurally generated for the most part once the system is fully fleshed out and you could walk you could walk in feasibly to an environment with npcs like this in, in the room and never know it unless you're looking for them mm -hmm. uh, the example they gave was uh, an npc named dogan uh is a pirate and he only cares about getting enough cash to go to the bar so in this scenario he was at the bar you could walk into the bar get a drink as just somebody who's like doing a cargo run and not know who he is or why he's there just another <laughs> bar patron and you just walk out because you don't know who he is you don't care he's an npc and then you know somebody walks in while you're having a drink and does a takedown on the guy next to you for no good reason and just walks <laughs> out and throws him in the uh the hawk like this these this is the world that we're 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 getting to and it's and... kind of like those uh those videos you see on the internet where people are you know sitting there eating or something like that mm -hmm. and then you know somebody just walks into the bar or the restaurant and starts a fight and they just keep on eating yep. while they're watching <laughs> yep that's that's gonna be me i'll just be like yeah. yep another day in stars it is and <laughs> oh my god that guy just got shot that sucks I'll have another. <laughs> uh, moving on to the AI feature team. This one is more, you know, is basically almost squ entirely squadron. Um, and so they, they're, they're, the first paragraph they were talking about the the behaviors and, you know, it sounds like they're doing a whole lot of balancing in order to make it so that way, you know, um, you you do have to use the the correct tactics, you know, in, in order to be successful against the Vanduul, which, you know. With everybody playing all the Elden Ring stuff, you know, and it, every, you know the the gaming verse is just a wash in Elden Ring videos oh. of you know you have to be tactfully or tactically sound in order to not just get you know absolutely smashed and killed. You know, I think that's really cool that you know you will have to use you know the appropriate tactics to to engage with these targets successfully. So what I'm but hearing is just use an LMG. Yeah. <laughs> <Stand> <laughs> <laughs> but that's like the you know that's the the vandals mo is they want to close close with you and destroy and that you know that's why all pretty... their ships have blades on them mm -hmm. but uh really interesting stuff but then the second paragraph you know it says on the human combat side the team finally uh, the team finalized the basic skeleton of NBCs reacting to finding a dead body this includes nice. functionality to notify friendly ai so they can coordinate and hunt down the player they also work closely with design to implement a new combat behavior design with support for different tactics so that stuff nice. what they're just talking about if you if you re, if we remember how you know the um the stealth aspect of the citizen con demo mm -hmm. these are all behaviors that yeah they're building them from squadron 42 but this is stuff that, you know, depending on how you go about doing, you know, the, the mission, you know, in Pyro or wherever, you know, if, you, if you're if you sneaking through these, you know, space stations that they're building, you know, and you do a takedown, you leave a body, you know, these AI are going to find the body and they're going to react to it, you know, just like, you know, they, they should in, in single player games where they do this. And, you know, the fact that they're building this right now and it, just like how they talked about with... Um, these different teams, the 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 reallocating of resources towards Squadron Forty Two, this is what they're doing. But these are things that are get going to get moved over to the Persistent Universe. 
you know, once they're ready to be ported over, you know, so that work isn't being, you know, wasted. These, these things aren't Squadron 42 specific. They're being built for a squadron first and then getting moved over. And this is a perfect example of that because they've already shown, you know, how this sort of stuff is going to fit into the PU. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever played um, uh, Hitman. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you're going to know exactly where I'm going from with this. Like it was, it was quite a little while ago that I kind of felt, um, that 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 thing coming, but being able to stealth around and NPCs to react to their environment both audibly, visually, and with this one specifically, vis- getting bodies and with or not getting but seeing bodies, and they talked uh, last year specifically about, um, I mean a little while before that. Uh, different uh, adept ratings of handling a gun. So you can have civilians, and you can have your security, and you're going to have your VIPs. All things which deal with that kind of Hitman thing. So not only are we getting uh, Souls-like combat, we're getting uh, Hitman-like stealth. And This is another thing I was talking about. Um, so much influence from other IPs that oh, yeah. you know, the gamers, you know, who are drawn to Star Citizen will be familiar with and be fans of already and be like, oh, I'm so glad they implemented this. This is a great idea. I love this aspect of this game, you know. Yeah. I, another thing I was talking about last night was it's so hard to sit down in this game in a conversation about this game and cover the entire scope of it. Mm-hmm. Because there's an in-depth combat system with each gun, each bullet making a difference, whether that be energy or whatever. But then there's ships on top of that, which have an entire personality, an entire character all their own. But then there's the city level, the planet level, the uh, jobs level, whether that be bounty hunting, farming, building, uh, science, uh, drug lab. And then there's alien species. There's the government level. There's the, I don't want to play with anyone, I want to go nowhere level. And there's just, it's so hard to see across the entire scope of the game in one conversation, unless you, like, sit down for an hour. Uh, it's it's great, I love it. <laughs> oh, man, is there just any... Just in chat. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything um, left? The... No, not on the AI feature team for me. Um, but you know, the moving the, the AI tech team is is pretty much that is if you've read the PU monthly report, it's pretty much a port over from that. Um, and yeah, that that's exciting in its own right. But we covered it in the last episode. But right. it's the 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 work on the subsumption and navigation mesh um, is really really fascinating and really interesting to see that finally getting in, uh, put into place. And they're doing this because they need to have this ready for when uh, server meshing is ready. Um, you know, they, yep. they, they, they couldn't really have these things and um, have this working without server meshing um, and to distribute the, the load that this will create. Um, and so it's a good signal about, you know, they're working towards server meshing. They need to have this ready for server meshing. So that way, once, you know, a single server is covering just a moon, you know, orbiting microtech, they can populate that server with more AI and more functionality, not just, you know, underground bases. And mm-hmm. so that's the, the interesting part to me. Um, 
and then of course you know we talked about it before the 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 real the highlight for me is the uh, inclusion in that of the uh, npcs using landing splines to land ships anywhere so npc pilots you know cutlass steel s-t-e-a-l and down here and lands after you you know hit a bunker or whatever that's you know controlled by pirates you know or a drug lab and you know you have you know two minutes before reinforcements arrive and you don't get out soon enough and here comes the cutlass steel npcs are shooting at you and then those you know it lands and the npcs come running out and then they take cover behind all these cover you know pieces of cover around the bunker and start shooting at you and running around that is the the kind of mission that I just absolutely salivate thinking about is, is taking these missions that we've had for so long and making them so much more dynamic, you know, not NPCs spawning out of closets. No, they, they come out of orbit and, you know, wreck you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, like the, the what was it, 2016 CisenCon demo is still out there somewhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. The The fact that you were in the middle of a mission, you had to storm, through a couple waves of NPCs to get to the moon base. And then just as you come back out, there's more guys ready to stab you in the back. Like that kind of like, it requires planet mash. It requires dynamic, um, dynamic populations. It requires modular, uh, missions. And we're really close to all of those being done. Like as far as the ground layer, I think, or like the ground, the ground floor of all those tech. I think all that's actually getting done this year. So next year to the next year after that, we'll be getting a solid gameplay out of those systems, and it's gonna be super mm -hmm. cool. And by that time, we're probably gonna be in Nix again. <laughs> yeah, again, keyword. Yeah. Um, I didn't have. I had one question about the animation section and that's really short so we can move through the next couple pretty quickly all right um so the they they said that the second sentence they then worked on selects and deselects for selection of new weapons the fire extinguisher combat multi-tool and zero g traversal what <laughs> why is this fire extinguisher there well so what do they mean by selects and deselects for selection of new weapons is that I, I I'm not sure what they're talking about. I, for oh, okay, so it's animation based, but are they talking I imagine, about? Imagine. Okay, so you know when you're on, let's say you're you have several weapons on you. So you have your multi tool, mm -hmm. you have your your pistol, and you have like a gun on your back. You select the weapon, and you have to get the weapon off your back, or you have to put that away and grab your multi tool. I think that is what the animations are talking about. Those kind of okay. motions to choose what weapon you want out. Okay. You know the and it's part of it's probably desync, but those do in game right now. They do feel a bit awkward, a bit um, gamey, you know, unfinished, unpolished. So, um, but new weapons, uh, combat multi tool. What? What's it? Is, what? It, what is it? Yeah. Give me a net launcher. It's a net launcher. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I have no the, idea. The, they they say combat multi tool. I've never heard the regular multi tool called that, so I don't know if that's something different that's you know being mentioned now. And you know what functions would the combat multi tool have over the regular one? Um, Not a yeah, darn so clue. See. I think it's so funny that fire extinguisher is in there again, and we know what it looks like now. We got a sneak peek of it a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. 
and it's this like little like little it's it's just like a small fire extinguisher that's now handheld i'm just looking forward to using the fire extinguisher you know against npcs you know you you know you peek around the corner you flood the room with a fire extinguisher you know and they're like coughing and looking around and yelling i can't see anything and then you you know go in there and you kill him or whatever, or you you melee somebody with a fire extinguisher, you know, to take down a bounty. <laughs> yeah, that oh, melee fire extinguisher. That's another mm-hmm. thing, and uh, another thing in uh, Hitman. <laughs> uh, character art, nothing really interesting. Just you know, talking about navy uniform assets and you know the another faction. Um, I guess they're they'll, they'll be out of Odin. Gelsons? Yeah, the Screaming Galsons, they're a pirate group. Okay, I'm like, um, what? Who's screaming? Yeah, they've talked about them before. Um, we don't know much about them, though. Are they squadron-specific? Uh, yeah, so, well, I'm, I imagine they'll be in the PU, but they are being developed specifically for squadron. I'm assuming they are in Odin. Um, Everything's in Odin. Or, or somewhere else. Um, I can't well, wait for Squadron Episode 2, yeah. where we actually, like, move out of odin spoiler alert not all of squadron 42 is in odin i, I figured but so much of I, what I will, we've seen everything's no in odin like yeah. the, uh, the majority of it is but is yeah. um it was the 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 comaray asiato is asiato in odin yes if i remember correctly, oh, of course it is. yeah uh one of the things i like out of this the, the the character art is um they looked at the base character bodies tweaked them for better shape and rhythm i like that mm-hmm. now if we could just get muscle tone as a slider please because my guy's too muscly and i don't like it <laughs> like i like my characters to look like me and i have zero muscle tone so <laughs> there there are a couple like I would like to know because they've said this very specifically that they can't change the topology of the the bodies too much because they have to have um, yeah the same you can't skeleton. make them super tall and you yeah. can't make you can't make them overly thin or overly heavy or overly t- overly tall or overly short. Mm-hmm. But That's... what is the is there any play in there? Can we have? A little bit more weight. Can we proportion our characters? Maybe they're a guy who skips leg. They kind of like, can we do arms bigger than legs, kind of thing. And like, I would totally make my character have a dad bod. Yeah, like that's a thing. <laughs> like, I am a definite proponent of not necessarily like overly like giving people over over. No, what is the word? Too much customization to make characters that uh, how how do you put this in a PC way? There's no way to put this in a PC way. Basically, giving people the options that they would want for themselves, not necessarily just to make a certain type of character, as most people look for in sliders as of, especially RPGs as of late, especially something like uh, Cyberpunk, if you mm-hmm. get what I'm going for. Yeah. Um, environment art, you know, they talk about uh, continuing work uh, for Chemline, and so my question for that is they envisioned what the dam facility and other locations would have looked like when new. They'll then age and damage the design their designs to depict the facility's years of abandonment. Um, yeah. So, you know, you know, I heard, you know, I hear in that the entire vertical slice had been thrown out. Was that chemline? Yes. Or was that, that was the... chemline. 
I thought that was the other location. Nope. I so when I was looking the I was looking up the um Archon Station and the other station that's in the visual teaser, which is mm-hmm. not Archon Station, which everyone thought. Even SE Tools has it labeled as Archon Station. It is not Archon Station. That's something separate. They are wildly different sizes. Archon is way well, bigger. And look, if you scroll in this same thing, progress was also made on Shubin's processing area and train station. I think so that's that, in Archon, though. Well, the um, if you remember the visual teaser, mm-hmm. it showed the, the train mm-hmm. riding through that giant station. Yeah, That's in that great big giant thing um, that has the sort of pioneer aesthetic. And they just called it Shubin. They didn't call it Archon. And Archon well, there, is there the are thing many Shubin the... facilities. Yeah, and Archon so that's is why the one in Odin. Yeah, um, I think they're both probably in Odin, but the Archon is the one in the vertical slice, and I think this Shubin that they mentioned may you know if if it isn't yeah. Archon like we think is um... the the only thing I could say against that is the wildly different design language used for it. It looks more militaristic, like it's armored. And like every time I read about the processing facility, it it is a it's depicted as a processing area. So I wonder if the processing area is in Archon specifically not an entire other station. Um, it could be that... Well, if you look at the design language of Archon specifically, there are processing greebly bits. So it's not that it's a mining and get rid of station. They do some processing on board. And if you look at the design language for other station, um, there's mining lasers, but everything else is armored except for the ATC. Um, and it's... If you look at the visual teaser and how big a Gladius is flying next to the station, compared to the vertical slice, how big Archon is with an Idris next to it, woefully different scales. Um, and the background, the unknown station is next to a planet. Um, at least a very dense uh, area or a very large asteroid. Because everywhere in the background is ground. Um, where was I going with the whole squadron bit here? Or, or were we just talking about for the whole Archon thing? Um, animations, I thought, armory. I, I was looking up Chemline. Oh yes, I came across the Chemline, and they specifically say the base that was in um that you do in the vertical slice. That is the abandoned Chemline yeah. base. They um, might not have. So they when they envision, see they say they envisioned what the dam facility and other locations would have looked like when new. So it didn't say it's, they built it. So. It's huge. Mm-hmm. So and remember in the um, oh wait it's the dam. Yeah, the dam from the the visual the, teaser. The, the visual teaser, the great big tall monolithic yeah. looking thing. Well, the, I think that is this... something separate from the location that you went to in the. Um, well, remember, they stopped while you were still inside. Yeah. So all you did was go in and get to one room? One hub room? Yeah, well, I mean, the that dam could have been part of 
the an entire chemline facility, but mm -hmm. it could be a massive facility because yeah, you're flying I mean, yeah. over it. Where they were, you know, when they went to rescue whatever that agent's name was, you know, that could have been a a, a entirely different portion. You know, yeah, that could have been bed a um, a satellite area, mm -hmm. not the main place. Yeah. Yeah, the dam is part of uh, Kimline. That's that's really cool. It'll be really interesting to see what all this looks like on the map and everything, and yeah, how much maps, or, or, nice. what state is in. Yeah, in, in what state is it in in a post Squadron Forty Two PU? Yeah. Oh man. Um, moving on to art weapons. Um, I don't think that we're there was anything interesting in here that's just talking about more fire extinguisher. Uh, you know. Yeah, well, they're currently producing white box, acid, white box acid for all incomplete weapons and gadgets across the campaign. Oh, damn. So they've got more things that they so need to make. So a push has been made to get mm -hmm. every weapon they need for the campaign through the pipeline. Yeah. All I would imagine a lot weapons. of the, the, the things that they haven't made yet are the things that are bespoke. Um, you know what that also know, means? Or more bespoke. Any... So... Getting all of them to white box does two things. One, it starts them through the pipeline. Two, it gives the every other team the ability to shoehorn in whatever weapon that is, and they can just swap out the asset later when it's actually mm -hmm. done. So having all the white boxes for these will let cinematic and story and narrative and level design, all those guys uh, get their work done without having to wait for the weapon to be done, whatever weapons are there. To be to be had, so that's really cool. That is a as a good little piece of information. I will I will watch its career with great uh, what is it called uh, enthusiasm? Is it just was it said just enthusiasm? It's Star Wars quote. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's nothing in the engine that's new or specific to Squadron. The engine so we is can move the engine. To, yeah, it it is the engine. Um, but going down to gameplay features, um. Gameplay story? So, oh, no, gameplay yeah, features. That, features gameplay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I features gameplay. It. Sorry. No, yeah. They're, they're talking about conversation stuff, which is cool. You know, interacting with them. Um, I hope it'll be a little bit more, I guess, maybe diegetic is the right a word. A new icon. Compared to the, yeah. Compared to how it was in the vertical slice. Um, but the last paragraph, couple of sentences. So, as Squadron 42 is a single-player-only experience, the team can determine what they want to be loaded at particular points in the game. So they began adding more fine-grained control over what object containers stream in and looked into overriding the system, ent uh, the systemic ent uh, entity streaming system. Um, and wah, so, wah. well, this is them, uh, this is an optimization thing. Yeah, they're doing this in order to make the game optimized, so that way, uh, it's only loading in the bits and pieces that they want for the you know, for the the sort of physical game area that the the player is in, you know, at different points in the campaign, versus just the game constantly streaming in and out um, things that the uh, the back end thinks is relevant. Yeah, um, and this is possible. Because the single player impl implementation of the entity graph was, you know, um, I'm going to say done, but, you know, we have to say worked on to be objective. Yeah. But in Q2 of last year. Um, and so they, the entity graph, you know, for the PU is basically done. Um, 
and then they had to make a single player implementation and this is them iterating on that in order to fine tune it for the game you know, for squadron 42 for the campaign to be, make it be more suitable to their needs and probably you know make it be more performant so yeah the way i read this is that it, this is an optimization thing mm -hmm. that's good there yeah. was i forget when it was and a quick search didn't uh give anything i think it was a, a special or something that there was talk about squadron being a cooperative experience but it, it kind of fell by the wayside and was uh waffling back and forth for five years mm -hmm. um and then noe's talked about it for the last two about and and now we have a definite it is single player only mm -hmm. so tailor your uh, expectations accordingly <laughs> yeah um so these next uh, a gameplay story and then i think it was level design um are kind of the, the point i wanted to make is tied together between these two and then uh, i think there's another one where they mentioned it so yeah During, the, 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 the second part about, of yeah. gameplay story is you know the wider team took a undertook a comprehensive review of chapters one and five before prototyping new animations to meet the latest direction and then you go down to a level design um and the space dogfight team chose two chapters to push to vertical slice quality alongside the social and fps teams and but then if you go back up to gameplay story, chapters one and five are mentioned. Uh, you know, they did a comprehensive review. So maybe those are the ones they are bringing up to vertical slice quality. Um, you know, that would make sense. hard to know. Uh, um, level design said which ones? Just that they worked on yeah. two of them? Yeah, just two, the, two of them. Along with... So it was space dogfight, social and FPS um, to vertical slice. Um, and social. And then... But then the, it also says the FPS team also worked to bring several chapters to vertical slice quality with a seamless player experience so, a high priority. Vertical slice quality, and this is where I think we have two different two differing opinions. Um, with the one source that I looked up, because I didn't have much time, um, it was basically, it is the last step. That is, your, your vertical slice quality is right before you run everything through to call it gold. So it mm -hmm. is just before everything's done. So bringing everything up is basically bring di finishing it. Yeah, it, it's kind of like how they talk about gold standard for the PU, in that they are essentially getting it gold standard per chapter for for what they can do right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you know everything everything is gold standard, you know for what they can what they have right now. But this late in the game, how much is there left really? Well, gold um, so, for single player games is a very specific title, and you, yeah. they are. This is why they're probably not using it, is because, um, after you go gold, let's take Cyberpunk because that was a very public, uh, release. Um, it was about three months after they said we have gone gold to buying it. Mm -hmm. So, going gold for a single player game, especially a release game like this is a very specific milestone. So I think they're very specifically not calling it gold standard. And yeah. so they're saying it's vertical slice quality. Um, and well, because they, in, in previous reports, um, both in 2021 and 2020, mm -hmm. they have used the, the verbiage gold standard. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I will be, I, I will freely admit that I, I took that and ran with it. Um, <laughs> 
So, uh, so yeah. I imagine they'll call Guilty it. Guilty charged. I, I imagine they'll call it gold standard when all of the chapters and features and teams have gone through and visual or vertical sliced quality all of their bits. And then the mm-hmm. gold standard will be the, the filling on the top, the icing on the cake. Yeah. So that is my a, opinion on the verbiage used. The timing of this is interesting, though. In in cor- if you correlate it with the planned massive expansion of the Manchester studio, which can really only happen with a substantial increase in funding, which would have to come with a release, um, and they're wanting Ooh. to you know have that first round of expansion, you know, basically well underway if not done by the end of next year yeah Um, i i am fully on the boat of holiday next season and because i i really believe this should be a holiday release because i want it to i want it to be the blockbuster that it should be assuming Mm -hmm. the launch and the bugs are launch goes well the bugs are minimal yeah um which is something we're actually going to talk about in my scanner anomaly of where uh, performance and what what can they do with a not persistent universe? So we'll talk about that a little later. Um, the other interesting part, timing wise, mm-hmm. is the previous vertical slice um, that came out at the end of 2017, mm-hmm. um, released just a few months before the first round of uh, private investment funding. Yeah, and I... I don't think that that is a coincidence. I think that that vertical slice. Um, was something hat that they built. Everyone. Yeah, this. I'm sorry, tinfoil hat is on. You can't see it, but I can. Um, <laughs> but no, it is. It is something that I, I, I think that the two are are related in that they built that vertical slice as part of a greater presentation to those investors. You know, along with their you know whole strategic plan. Yeah, I um, think the know, only and their marketing place... plan in order to get that funding. I think the and, only place where Squadron is kind of behind a lot of the big heavy hitters in the gaming industry right now is it seems like every major franchise now has its own uh, TV series. <laughs> so I think they need to build up their uh, video content team a bit more so we can actually, I don't know, get the whole series of the reunion that we were promised. <laughs> like, they're, like, I, I full-heartedly believe that this game would be... Um, not only prime real estate for a series, but also benefit greatly from something that people can just turn on and watch weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, they have a lot of money they have to shell out for the uh, publishing of Squadron. Even though most of it is online, they are going to have to, and yes, I mean have to, as far as the atmosphere of the entire games industry have to make discs of squadron has to be a thing. Walmart has to carry squadron 42. Micro center has to scare carry squadron 42. It has to be there because if uh, I think it's called mindshare is, I think is the term best to use. If they, if somebody walks by and sees squadron, that is a potential customer. If they walk by and don't see squadron, it's just lost real estate at that point. Um, yeah. Not to mention, commercials need to be made. Not necessarily like on every TV station, but maybe YouTube, maybe Twitter, um, maybe Pinterest, Art Station. That's Plenty what of... that uh, that investment money was for. Uh huh. Like marketing and platforming costs. 
Yes, but how much has the platform cost um, ticked up? You can actually you can actually go back and look at it. Um, okay. You can see because platforming, I forget what it gets lumped in with on the um, financials on their website. And obviously, uh, have we gotten that for last year yet? I don't think so. Um, for the years that we do have, you can see the budget line items that platform costs cover you know, is within. Um, oh man. I, and I so, but it doesn't tell you exactly how much platform cost was. It's just it is lumped into this, and this cost them seven million dollars. I, I just so, remembered the two thousand um, stations they upgraded with Maya. Yeah, Ooh, that and was so, expensive. Oh yeah, for sure. Like the but, base um, tier of Maya is two thousand dollars a month. If they've got if that budget was sixty three million dollars, you know I, I can I imagine that you know they they haven't even come close to half of that with platform costs in the last three years, you know, maybe a quarter at most. So um, you would say it was 63 and it was how many million per platform and other costs? Oh, it, it's, it's for platform and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, you know, obviously they haven't used much for the marketing budget cause it's just the marketing team. So. Yeah. Uh, well, there were, but they haven't paid for any marketing. They haven't, you know, the, the I imagine the, the marketing the would also ads well, that they've, the few ads that they've taken out on YouTube didn't cost them much, and the the ads they take out on Google, yeah, which they're constantly rolling. Uh, if there's a free fly, they take out a new ad for the free fly. Um, mm-hmm. Squadron starts this and search comes up with an ad. Uh, so if we're doing sixty three into the seven million, um, that would give us nine years. Obviously, that's not what we have because we yeah. also are using it for current marketing. Um, well, and that's that was me just ballparking, yeah, you know, yeah, throwing yeah. out a number. But I remember it was low millions, and it was for multiple things, including platform. Yeah, and but so a platform at, at a base, is only a fraction of that. Yeah, so let's let's yeah. just assume um, it's five. So seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. But that is why they have to work from static server meshing to dynamic quickly, yeah. because your platform costs go oh, yeah. up substantially. Even even if both. Uh, marketing and platform costs were twelve million a year. That's still to five point two million. How many years has it been since the investment? The first round was about this time four years ago. Four years. So they got a year and a half till the very vague and probably very wrong numbers that we just spitballed um, come into effect anywhere near. Um, so, and we've we've gone year over year. Still hasn't breaking broken the uh, trend yet. Of we're getting the we. Straight CRG is getting more money from backers year over year because as it gets bigger, as they finish more, as it gets funded more, more people are finding it, more people are loving it. So it just it keeps snowballing, which is great. I I, I love to see it. And something I'm gonna actually stop doing is apparently some something that pisses a lot of, uh, I guess armchair backers I would say, but kind of backers that play the game but don't uh make a lot of noise. They just like love the game, but a lot something that makes them really upset is when people who make content talk about uh, don't buy ships because just get it in game. I'm gonna I'm gonna not do that. I I don't know if I've ever done it, but I'm gonna make a very pointed effort not to do that because that's how we do it. the The way I want I like to phrase it is don't feel like you need to, but if you want to, go right ahead. It helps the project. Mm-hmm. So. And I'm definitely going to be spending uh, probably a good couple thousand more in this game. <laughs> I want to get to the highest tier of uh, the concierge just because. I think that's 5,000. It's, uh, well, I'm, 
I'm above that. So <laughs> dang, I'm of... behind. <laughs> it's okay, uh, but uh, I'm also old. So. I, I got a raise, so I'll be I'll be getting I'll be getting faster. Um, let's move on. Finish the squadron for two monthly report, so that way we can move on to our uh, the the pulse and the anomalies. Mm-hmm. Um, for for narrative, um, you know the the narrative stuff. They usually talk about motion capture sessions. Um, you know, story-based things, which it doesn't tell us a whole lot, you know, other than that they're working on it and they're wrapping up these things where they probably had placeholder elements in them for, for story purposes. Um, but I always latch on to when they, whenever they write something in the monthly reports and it's vague. And so in the second paragraph, they say, they also began working with the AI team on the behavior for a new NPC profession. And they have no problem talking about all the other professions, um, you know, the deck crew, um, ATC, the uh, landing guys, um, security guards, you know, all that sort of stuff. But this one, they specifically just left it generic and vague. Um, and that's what I kind of latched onto. It's like, huh, they wrote a whole paragraph about this one npc profession that their the narrative team is helping the other teams build out and they're not telling us about it and interestingly enough both teams are downstream yeah um and all of their work because they are downstream it only goes all so any downstream team for those of you don't know um only gets scheduled a single quarter at a time the upstream teams get scheduled as far out as possible um, so something like the Montreal Sandbox team, they have stuff running to the end of the year, right up until the end, because um, they're a upstream team. Downstream teams only get a quarter because they are um, reactionary or very specific in need. Um, so their stuff is, let's say, uh, their uh, artist is going to clear up in the next quarter. Narrative then needs to schedule in the pre-narrative work they need to do for a weapon or something and the post-narrative work so that will then go on the schedule at that point only when that's why this right the, the next couple hopefully we'll get a big amount a big drop of it this next roadmap roundup because right. next... usually they do it over like two or three of them uh, mm-hmm. where they yeah. put out all the downstream teams and if you go and look at the progress tracker and you you know set it you know, instead of two quarters, you go it out to a year and you just scroll down and you can see there are a ton of teams that are only scheduled to the end of this month. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've only, got 10 days left. Like audio, the only thing they're working on currently is the Drake Vulture. Yeah. So there, there's going to be a whole itself. bunch of really great information about the next quarter, maybe two quarters from the... Um, yeah. the downstream teams, depending on what they schedule. So. And every time we bring up the roadmap, I'm going to say this again, until I stop seeing it, the progress tracker has not been locked down to a single quarter. That is the release view. They are mm-hmm. not saying on the release view is only the probable features that are uh, basically their eye candy to passersby on the release view. The progress tracker is the external view of the internal schedule yes there is stuff that is hidden behind the unannounced banner and there is stuff that they're just not ready to share yet but we have stuff we will have stuff to the end of the year and they only go to the end of the year every year because trying to schedule beyond the christmas season 
in any field, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I know, almost impossible. Because of the amount of stuff you learn along the way, and the amount of personnel changes that's going to happen beyond the, the Christmas season. So, the progress tracker is still a four-quarter system. Okay, rant over. Four upstream, yeah, four upstream teams. Not the well, whole, well, the whole... If, company but for if downstream lot. has uh, the ability to schedule like if they know that something is going to be needed at the end of q4 on a downstream team if they already know that to schedule that they can schedule that mm -hmm. so like if what's a, a vfx let's say a, a ship's getting done or a new gun's being developed at the end of the year they know vfx is going to need to be there so they can put them on the list so it's like we've had three quarters, uh, I think. Yeah, three quarters, four quarters, four quarters of uh, downstream stuff. And I'm pretty sure all of that was added around the same time, not uh, quarter by quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I mean, they, they, you know, add things and pull things, you know, at random based off, well, not at random, but based <laughs> at off random. Needs. But it, it is always generally about that for about that far out. Mm -hmm. um, moving on to uh, the um, you know going on to QA and everything. Um, QA. The, the, we all love QA, but they they are unsung heroes. They don't get you know talked about much. The biggest thing that came out of this was you know um, uh, they're doing regular chapter testing. You know, lots of bug validation and stuff. But they, the Frankfurt-based QA team moved to cover more Squadron 42 checks while continuing behavior testing. So they are adding more QA support to the development of Squadron 42. That sounds like something you do when you're trying to close out a game. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, you're trying to get, you know, work out all the kinks and the bugs and, mm -hmm. you know, really provide all those devs the support they need. Oh, to, hey, to... they actually mentioned uh, the Maya thing mm -hmm. in the next paragraph or the next chapter subheading. Oh, okay. Yeah, on the tech animation. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's anything squadron specific under tech animation. Um, debugging various things, DNA system, data driven. Long. Yeah. What, what is that? This has been an incredibly long process to refactor the system to be data driven. I assume it's talking about the, anim the uh, DNA system. Uh, yeah. It's very near complete to completion. Just a few tasks remain before we are able to commit to testing procedure and integration to the main game tech animation. Very interesting yeah, so that tech they rebuilt built the entire thing. Team, yeah, tech animation is a team that supports all you know, really all, all the character teams um, or, or anything to do with characters. Yeah, a nice... you know, because everything's mocapped. Everything is you know they they are building they do or all IK. the tools and make it so that they can. You know, put those things in, and you know, make it high fidelity in a way that is feasible for them to do on a large scale, mm -hmm. and that's why the tech animation team is so important. Any uh, tech other um, team is the way I like to think about it. Is it they are programmers with a passion for whatever department comes next. So these mm -hmm. are programmers with a passion for animation, and yeah. so they're able to use their programming skills to further the fidelity, functionality, and versatility of animation. So yep. these are the people that would work on the new IK system or the the data-driven DNA system. 
It's not just animate this joint for me. It's I need an entire system to animate that joint. All right. Uh, they also supported other teams. The vendor, they outs this included outsourcing vendor toolset vendor toolset co coalition generation. Co yeah, I can't, I can't talk anymore. Kicked off a uh, new initiative to speed up uh, the anime workflow. We talked about that in the other one. Um, and then secondly, looked at efficiently importing directly in from from the engine. Yeah, directly recreated and effectively import assets directly from the engine. There we go. Um, um, got. I was just gonna say, I, I, moving. You know, I, I didn't see anything squadron for specific, specific in, in in UI. Okay. But you know, we already talked about how UI is working on the new star map. Thank God. Yeah, star um, map and more icons. A lot of iconography is being uh, worked yeah. on. Um, and um, I'm gonna say it again because I, I just love that it. I think AR in in Star Citizen is just as important as the new star map. I think walking up to something and being able to turn the AR filter on and to read what it is is going to be very important. Mm -hmm. Like because currently in game to walk into a shop and figure out what it is, you have to hit buy. When the AR system is done, you can turn the AR filter on, look around a shop, and it will just have little tooltips. Of this is this thing, it's this size. Like it will have like a, a basic description of it. If you want to learn yeah, more, like then so you'll... many other games have. Yes, but this is a <laughs> diegetic system mm -hmm. that actually scans the environment instead of just popping up tooltips. Yeah. So this is how they're gonna do player names that float above your head. It's gonna be the AR system. So yes, anything in uh, VFX that was squadron. The focused? first thing. I think the first thing is the squadron specific part, you know, and that's just cool verbiage, you know, saying that they're working on giving you the the experience of, you know, really feeling like battle is raging around you, especially, you know, when you're dogfighting and stuff. So, Every time I hear that sentence or that kind of words used, battle rage, like the experience of battle raging, it just means lots of camera shake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just means lots of camera shake. Camera shake, lots of lighting, you know, smoke and stuff, you know, and whether they're talking about dogfight scenes or you operating a turret, um, you know, VFX working on that to, to really give you that high, high fidelity experience is pretty cool. Um, but the next part, which is not squadron specific, um, you know, that talks about them working with the, um, you know, the VFX tech art team, um, uh, working with the Montreal team on their Mighty Bridge tool. The Mighty Bridge tool is what will allow them to procedurally, you know, have uh, have content procedurally placed on planets after building it. Um, but the uh, the second part, this opens up several workflow opportunities, um, and this harkens back to what I was talking about with uh, sort of procedurally placing clouds. Mm -hmm. For example, allowing the team to generate gas clouds within the editor rather than Houdini. This is still in the prototype stage, but the team are enjoying the prospect of faster iteration times on what is otherwise a very complex workflow. And so I wonder if this is something that they'll be able to use for not just gas clouds, but for actual you know, volumetric clouds later on once they get this sort of um, ironed out. Um, and that's how the, that's how I connected those two dots. Yeah, I I still can't wait till we get our first smog planet. Mm -hmm. 
Like what what exactly is the difference between cloud like just a cloud on the ground and a smog planet specifically? Smog planets are, are entirely encompassed in fog smog. So yeah, it a, it's, a very... it is still gas gaseous. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so it is not... a you know you have a it's basically a rocky planet entirely covered in a gaseous a thick gaseous atmosphere one that is you know entirely visible versus you know um, uh, non visible gases interesting i i still can't wait that's yeah. going to be so cool just the disorientation of just swimming mm-hmm. in just nothing but this cloud yeah soup yep just soup like yeah. that's good. you you land and you drive there's don't fly mm mm-hmm. mhm that's going to be so um, dangerous, unless you have an AR system to show you the ground. Yeah. All right, what's next? That wraps up the monthly report, and so now we are moving on to our regular personalized segments. Yeah. Um, the Spectrum Pulse, uh, where we you know take the pulse of, you know, we say Spectrum, but it's really the, the entire community, and we uh, pick up on questions that we... Um, have heard or seen whether it's on spectrum reddit different discords that we're active in um, that sort of thing and we take that question you know and we we dig into it to try and find the answers and that way we can share them with you Um, we share the objective information that we found and then if there is some subjective interpretation that we come up with on our own we also share that with you so that way you can form your own opinion but you can you know see what we thought about it as we're doing our investigation Um, and so this one is one that I picked up on, um, I think it was, uh, and I need to start remembering to save the person who, the name of the person who actually asked the question so that way I can send the answer to them at a later date. But this one came out of, um, I think it was general chat in the InfoRunners Discord. Um, and someone had asked, um, they, they had been you know sort of out of the loop on Star Citizen and its development for a while. And they just asked in general chat, you know, what's going on with the air and halo and its gates? Um, and if you know you're unaware of what the air and halo is, the air and halo is the asteroid belt um, within Stanton that separates Art Core and Crusader, um, Stanton Two and Stanton Three, um, and it's a very, very dense, um, thick asteroid belt, um, and it's uh, so dense and so thick that it will you cannot quantum remember uh, with quantum travel you're not supposed to be able to quantum travel through an asteroid belt that's not going to work um in the future the um you you're not be able to, to negate the mass uh or negate your own mass within that much uh mass around you and so the the this super dense asteroid belt um called the air and halo has actually in they're not in game yet, and that's what they have to develop, um, along with updating the asteroids to be more performant. But they have these giant megalithic structures that are gates that literally hold a path open in the asteroid belt, so that way you can quantum to the gate and you know fly through it, and then you know resume your journey to um, or to Arcor or Microtech, or, you know, one of the outer system jump points. Um, and that's how that works. And so um, that's the context um, surrounding the air and halo and what it is. 
Um, you can you actually go mine in the air in Halo right now. It's just difficult to get to because you can't quantum to it directly. You have to quantum through it and then try and stop your quantum drive in the middle of it. But it's you know supposedly a pretty decent place to to do some mining. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, initially added to the progress tracker um, sometime uh, towards the end of um, uh, 2020. And um, it was added to the progress tractor as just a art sprint. And I'm not sure which art team because they've been restructured, but that's what we were talking about earlier where those, let's see, what team was it? Uh, was it? Oh, I closed the roadmap round. I'll, I'll get it back was... up. Uh, so with one, I barely helped on this part at all. Um, I forgot what my question was. Uh, with... Oh, do, do you think that the Iron Halos, because they're Art Corp funded, uh, mm-hmm. do you think that it will be a toll system? Or do you think that uh, out of the grace of Art Corp's giant heart, you're <laughs> going to be able to just freeboat it through? I think it will be a toll system. I think there will also be facilities that you can utilize at these gates because they are giant monolithic structures. I imagine there will be stations. Um, yeah, I'm sure there will be places to land. If you look at the concept art, you can see um, what looks like a Connie landing mm-hmm. on a pad. You know, these things are huge. Yeah, um, that was my only contribution to this part. I got the images. <laughs> well, when I put out the show notes, you will see that there's a link to an Inside Star, Star Citizen from April 2020 where they show the initial... Um, work on these giant megalithic structures as well as i got some screenshots of the concept art that was done for them um so that'll all be in there as well as a link to the galactopedia entrance or or information on the air and halo um so yeah it's it's uh, really interesting and it's you know we think of stanton as being almost done it's like no this aaron halo is going to really change the way you traverse stanton because stanton is a small system but you won't be able to just fly through this super dense asteroid belt it's supposed to be way more dense than most asteroid belts other asteroid belts you might be able to quantum through um safely or fly you know quantum and then stop and then fly through you know uh, at scm speed or or high scm speed Mm -hmm. you won't be able to do that in the air and halo when it is the way they want it to and Um, like even though these gates are the megalithic monolithic things they are um they don't encompass a way through the uh the the belt if you look at the in uh in engine shot we have in the show notes or the uh inside star citizen work the uh the gate sits somewhere like just kind of pasted somewhere in the middle of it there's still more asteroid field below it like there mm-hmm. the asteroid field is not only dense but also insanely large yeah both it, it yeah it, it dense width you know, as you would be flying through it, but also in height. You know, so much material has has accumulated here. Um, yeah, it's it's insane, and so it will or will slow down travel across the standard system. Even though it's not a big system, you won't be able to traverse it super fast. Um, and you know, if you wanted to circumnavigate these gates, you would have to quantum. You know, in theory, up to a much you know 
at an angle to a higher plane above the ecliptic and then and, you know stop and then quantum back down to your location and so that would greatly increase the actual distance that you are quantuming uh that you're in in quantum and plus you'd have to do that stop and so the idea is that you know these gates are strategically placed you know on the trade routes you know that you would or, or the so if someone were to, to have take. money to burn on quantum fuel and they had a ship that could go the distance that needed would it be a an alternative if you had a ship capable to do the distance and uh, again money to burn on quantum fuel that you could not use the gates i think that it's going to be possible to not use the gates but i think because of the asteroid fields having so much mass mm -hmm. and being so deep in a you know in in a vertical you know above and below the ecliptic that you will have to take a pretty decent angle and it will make a, a difference or they might just make it so that there's so much mass you know along that you know that ring you know on the ecliptic that it will just pull you out of quantum no matter what um who knows what they're going to do if they haven't said but that is the th the the premise behind the gates is that you cannot quantum through this asteroid belt you have to go through the gates um and whether you have the option to quantum above you know uh, over it you know and then back down or below it and then back up to get your your ultimate destination well, you know, we I'll just be, don't I'll know. be sad to not ever go to crusader again but i'm not gonna miss yeah. hurston i'm just It'll i don't feel interesting that that seems like a lot of work and i i like the amount of work that this sounds like because i am all mm -hmm. for like they're making a slow game and they know that and a lot of a lot they of people want you to experience all the locations that they're building and the nuances yeah. and nuances take time like when landing in a landing zone in the future and this is kind of a side tangent you are going to have to go through customs. You are going to have to check your weapons if you if you have them. You are going to need to show proof of carrying of whatever class of weapon. Um, there's going to be a lot to do when coming into the system and landing somewhere, and it's not going to be as a lot of people to a lot of people's dismay. And I do kind of feel for them. You can't just sit down if you have fifteen to thirty minutes and do something. The only thing you can get to do in that. 15 to 30 minutes is walk around the city and hopefully at some point there'll be stuff to do to make money around the city so you can just kind of like piddle around for those 15 minutes but by and large I'm sure the, there game, will be. the game yeah. takes time to do stuff whether that even be launching your ship getting out of atmosphere going across system these things take time loading unloading cargo repairs fueling refining already takes time jail time is time this game is built at a even though it's 10 10x time uh speed it's still real time mm -hmm. uh and it's it, i like stuff being thrown in the way to slow it down especially when it comes to quantum travel because quantum travel is where i plan to do most of my repairs as long as they're internal repairs I don't well, want to repairs, have repairs, but there will also be, you know, during quantum travel, you know, you can get up and you can tune your engine mm -hmm. in order to make it more efficient or go faster, you know, or run cooler so you can make a longer jump. All these things are, yeah, I don't want are to have going to, to be wait at uh, a 
once we get there, a very valuable parking spot because hundreds of thousands of population, you're going to need parking spots. I don't want to have to wait in a hangar to get my ship fixed if I can fix it in transit. Yeah. Um, and that's why at the end of this part in the show notes, I put in the link to a post on Spectrum by Chris Roberts himself going into great detail to explain how quantum travel um, and, and the QT drives are supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't work like this right now. This is how they want it to work in the very near future. Um, the way we it works right now is a placeholder system. Um, and so that's why when people are like, oh, why do I need to use these gates? You know, well, I, you know because quantum travel doesn't work the way it's supposed to right now uh including you know you you can only quantum travel to a set specific point in the game um whether it's a a player or a moon or whatever um you know you can't just dynamically set a point you know and they've had these these uh, sprints to update it scheduled on the the progress tracker Coming um, along so in tandem with the uh the new star map mm-hmm. yeah because you need both uh, and so getting to the actual bottom of the original question, now that we have gone off and explored the, how the air and halo is supposed to work, um, you know, what's going on with it? It was originally scheduled for an 11-week art sprint from September through November 2021. Obviously, that time has came and went. Um, and, you know, the original ASCII, you know, um, was like, hey, that was supposed to be done. What happened with that? And so I asked, you know, the guy... Um, who has all the answers about the roadmap, Jake Bradley. Um, and if you're in the Astropub Discord, he goes by Jake Acapella. Um, and he, you know, I asked him, I was like, if you don't mind me asking what happened with the Air and Halo sprint for the second half of last year, I can't find any reference to it being removed. Because, you know, just like with this roadmap roundup, oftentimes when things are pulled from the progress tracker, he will announce it to us. And I could not find any announcement of it um, and some things, when they're pulled, they don't get announced. You know, there's not really a rhyme or reason to it. He says he's working on it, you know, but he has 600 deliverables to keep track of. So I have to cut him some slack. Um, okay. But he did say we did remove it from a roundup. It was ages ago. Um, and so at uh, I did find some um, player-made updates that said as of like June or July last year, it was still in the progress tracker. So it was removed at some point before that sprint was supposed to start um, in the second half of last year. Um, but he said, uh, uh, we did remove it from the roadmap. It was ages ago, the locations team, um, as we were talking about with the roadmap roundup, um, are focused on fleshing out Pyro currently, plus they were restructured last year. Mm-hmm. So the air and halo and its gates is most likely something that will get worked on after Pyro. Um, and so hopefully we'll see that pop back up on the progress tracker next year. Um, you know, but it, I don't expect to see it getting worked on anytime soon, just because it's really not all that essential, however cool you might think it may be. Yeah. And again, we're probably going to need the new star map and new quantum uh, mechanics for it to come yes. in. Yeah. Um, and be usable. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, it's, I, I don't know how they keep doing it, but uh, CIG does this quite often where they're like, hey, we're, we're already doing a feature. Okay, we're now moving all our resources to that R&D project. So mm-hmm. like, hey, we're, we're working on Pyro in the background now, so that will be coming up sometime in the future. We're moving all of our teams to now work on Pyro. <laughs> so they kind of like, they as like stuff gets worked on, 
more focus gets put on it, even to the abandonment of features that are already currently being worked on. So, uh, they seem to do that quite a bit. I don't have a uh, opinion on that either way. It's their game. It's their company. I'm just here for the product, I guess, and, and the cool community. They can develop their game however they want. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, move on to the anomalies. Naz, you are up first. Am I up and first? And this one is going to be All right. detailed but very interesting. Um, while you get started, I'm going to go use the restroom real All quick. All right. So my scanner anomaly for this biweekly show is something nobody's asked in a little while, but I constantly am asking myself in the back of my mind, and I should be asking more devs the question. But anyway, theaters of war. What? Where? And why? So, to start off, um, in case nobody knows what theaters of war is, because it hasn't been talked about in a year, uh, theaters of war is a 20-on-20 PvP objective-based three-phase combined armor arcade mode. It's a lot of words put together, but um, it is in the in-game service known as Electronic Arts, so the same thing that uh, Arena Commander and Star Marine are in. Uh, a little side lore for that. Um, Electronic Access is basically the in-game game engine, or I think it's the in-game game engine, at least it's the game service. Um, in the full-fat Persistent Universe, you will not load into Star Marine from the menu uh, or electronic access from the menu. You will go to a hangar or wherever it is that you are and crawl into a sim pit, which are in-game kind of computer things, um, which are kind of like gaming chairs with sides that come down and a screen that comes down in front of you. Uh, we used to have them in hangars, but they took those out. And you will then, from the persi persistent universe, load into uh, uh, electronic, electronic access. So that is being made in cooperation with a studio known as Fire Sprite. They have about five-ish people internally at CIG working on it and 10 people around working in Fire Sprite. So that's what it is in so many words. Um, there's lots of nuances here and there. Um, basically, it takes the best parts of Arena Commander and, Squ and Star Marine and puts them in the same universe and gets and us... And the and the PU. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, and gets us a little more functionality out of everything. And most importantly, um, well, we'll get to why it's important later. Uh, so where is Theaters of War? And there's a reason it hasn't been talked about in a little while. It was originally announced December 5th, 1920. No, 2019. <laughs> I read it backwards. It's fine. So... Uh, it was originally supposed to release in the first half of 2020. This was all announced um, at CizenCon 2949 or December 5th, 2019. It is now 2022, and it's still not here. So what happened? Um, we're going to go through the last two years according to uh, Theaters of War. So Richard Tyrer and Sean Tracy have been kind of the only two people we've heard from about this feature. And we're going to mostly be hearing from Sean Tracy over the uh, next two years as we go through it. So he had a one-hour talk at CizenCon on Tau, or Theaters of War, 
Uh, Tau is just T-O-W, so in case you can't see the words or haven't seen it, it's, it's the same thing. Uh, during CitizenCon, they had a playable version of Tau. It took them the 15 people, iffy 50 people, 15 people. Um, I don't know the exact numbers, nor have they ever said the exact numbers of devs on it. Uh, because it has been a side project, it's not always taking priority. Um, so it depends on what time and who's needed for whatever they're doing at the time to how many devs they put onto it. So it take, took them about six to eight months to make their demo they had. Um, and that was in connection at the very beginning with both Fire Sprite and the internal team. Uh, internal team were mostly like VFX and audio and narrative uh, people. Um, it was stated that we were things were needed to release Tau, but they said the plan was very specifically to get it out in the first half of 2020. And you're going to notice that coming up quite a bit. So January 31st, 2020. So we're now in the new year. Uh, there's a Sarsis in Live with, uh, there goes my brain, uh, Sean Tracy. And they basically, he basically just is sat down by uh, Jared Huckabee and is asked, hey, what's uh, what's uh, Theories of War? And uh, he basically goes into a lot of the stuff he did cover at CitizenCon, but this is the, the follow-up. Now that we know what it is, uh, what did you learn and where are we going? Uh, so he did reaffirm that it was still planned, and he said they are not at all behind several times their release date for the first half of 2020. And we're going to get to why it's best and why it's going to be so important that they did delay it. So as uh, uh, things that were needed as of January 31st, so at the time that this show is out, uh, network late latency needs to be brought down. Their goal was 100 milliseconds, which is the same as uh, Battlefield runs. Um, and better phase uh, change notifications. So there's three phases that work. And a lot of the playtests, a lot of people were getting uh, confused when the phase changed. What the, not how to get, or not the objective, but how to get to the objective and nuances. So a lot of things they said were also were... Um, not having to coach people, but having the game coach them instead. So if somebody's running too far away from the battle, the game will say, hey, the battle's that way, and point them in the right direction. Uh, so they had a lot of polish to do, um, a lot of kind of like the the another half of the game to go, I, I would say. And that's kind of my own kind of thinking, because they had the base of it, and they had uh, the, the big sweeping things. They had the 20% done. Now they need to do the 80 to finish it, or the, yeah. They had the, the 20 done, they need to do the 80. Um, so they mentioned, uh, there was a mention about a later ISC about Theaters of War that I can't find. Um, I don't know if, uh, Tree, do you know if they actually did the Theaters of War ISC specifically? Because I can't find it. And I looked at your uh, tool... Uh, oh, the spreadsheet? Yeah, I looked at it. There's only one, and it's the, the follow-up. Yeah. It, uh, oh, no, I'm the sure only one that shows up that. there is the uh, uh, the uh, calling old devs, which we'll get to again later. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing I can find in for an Inside Star Citizen show was about the uh, work they were doing on the throwing mechanic because of the work being done in Theaters of War. And 
that is going to is a good primer for stuff we're going to talk about near the end of the uh, uh, anomaly. So, again, we get another show, Pillar Talk, in February 11th, 2020. Um, it was said in Pillar Talk that it would be out this year. So, again, 2020. They didn't say first half this time, which <laughs> is room for concern. Um, in May, that was the only uh, kind of bit they actually talked about. It was a lot of reiterating for people who didn't know what it was already. Um, in May, uh, there was a post, an epic month ahead. Um, Fears of War was one of the things they uh, noted. And that said, uh, Fears of War working title is our new game mode that allows players to battle on foot, in vehicle, and in space, and features two teams that fight for victory in three fast-paced, action-filled phases. We know that many of you are eagerly awaiting more information about when we'll get to play play from home. Uh, we'll, we're happy to share that that time is nigh. Uh, we plan on pulling back the curtain and welcoming new players to Thiers for the first test weekend soon. So that ended up being an Evocati test. That was uh, May 2020. So I'm going to stop here for a moment and just let you in on the very sad news. That is what materialized as the release in the first half of 2020. They did call that a release, or not a release, but they did call that um, fulfilling their promise. Um, but they, they do know it's not good enough, and they do know that no no one's happy with just Evo Kai because they're all under NDA, so we didn't even get to uh, witness what they did um, in, in Theories of War. This quite frankly amazing game mode that we really really do need and again why is coming up uh, a little bit later so in uh later on in may month report uh it was said the back in service team uh saw may saw back in services address issues with lifetime persistence and player wallets and provide ongoing support for theaters of war and victor's launch week the feature gameplay uh team a majority of gameplay feature teams uh, May was spent supporting updates and, to Arena Commander, Storm Marine, and Theaters of War, and Invictus Launch Week. QA. QA's main focus was on the release of Invictus Launch Week and playtesting Theaters of War. The main role of each <clears throat> was stress test, destructive uh, testing, and highlight any issues. <clears throat> so a lot of the May monthly report was focused on Squadron. They later on and yeah, we're still in 2020. <clears throat> uh, June, they released an AMA. And I have linked up a in the uh, show notes both these uh, Spectrum Post and for uh, time's sake, a 3 minute, 43 second, uh, 250 questions uh, by uh, Numifier. So just in case you want to get the things. Um, but basically, it was, all, it was more of the same. Um, the servers weren't up, up to snuff. And there's a lot of different changes, and it's the same code base as Star Citizen, Squadron 42. So anything that they're learning or wanting to do has to be in Star Citizen or Squadron, or will uh, give, uh, or they'll be working on it for both of them if they want it in a Theories of War. So um, the SC Leaks channel, now known as Pipeline, also did a sneak peek in QA of Theories of War. I believe it was. It was Hater, Piggles, and Execute that did the Q, uh, QA. 
and they actually had shots of the map. So they were actually able to play the map. I think they kind of ripped it from the files and were able to play it offline. I think that's how they did it. Um, so that was July 20, July 19th, 2020. And that was all the information we got that year. So moving on to April 30th, so almost a half a year into it, um, 2021. This is a Calling All Devs on Theaters of War. So um, a Calling All Devs was aired. Uh, what happened to the 2020 release of Theaters of War? Sean Tracy said it just wasn't there. The performance performance was just not, or just wasn't there. Was it a specific quote? Uh, he also said that he wants two scenarios before release. Um, and so far, the entire thing, we've only been working on one. And so far, only one has ever showed up on the roadmap to this day. Uh, but he says he wants two before release. Will he get it? We don't know. Nothing's been confirmed. Nothing's been denied yet. But he said he wants two. Um, where I lost her. And Richard Tire wants uh, 30 frame minimum of 30 frames per minute on mid-spec PCs. And they still uh, want a lot more polish, uh, a lot more polish experience before bringing it to release, to wide release, to basically open, like you can just play it like Star Marine or Arena Commander. Um, in August 2021, uh, VFX team, uh, the team are putting several techniques and workflow processes to use that they've learned while working on a huge destruction sequence in Theaters of War. Um, and if you look through all the information, that is probably the end sequence, assuming you win as Marines and lose as Outlaws, um, because you destroy a giant, giant mining laser um, in the planet's atmosphere of the map. Uh, it goes on to say, which proved to be valuable uh, testbed for Squadron and the Persistent Universe. And then in the September 21 monthly report, again, VFX, fin finally further development work has been done on Theaters of War. Um, and that ha that was the last post ever that mentioned Theaters of War. The only other future, the only other information we've had on it is the fire sprite team was added to the progress tracker and the only thing currently left on the progress tracker for uh theaters of war i keep on call it squadron for theaters of war is theaters of war miscellaneous support um and then this ends in june and theaters of war i did check it is an upstream team which means this is the current schedule they're not waiting on anyone, as far as we know. Again, there may be some dependencies on other teams, but as far as we know, this is the extent of their tasks. So, kind of some outlier stuff that I forgot to put into the, the document. Um, Fire Sprite, during the cooperation, was acquired by Sony. Um, I don't think Sony would plan to uh, infringe on any current contracts, but this might complicate things if they ever want to renegotiate or negotiate further contractual work with Fire Sprite. So their stuff getting done in June, they're probably going to have to reevaluate how it comes out further. And also, again, no second scenario was ever put onto the Fire Sprite roadmap, and nowhere else does Theaters of War work uh, show up anywhere on the roadmap. So we finally arrive at 
why? Why does it matter now? Why did it matter then? Why is this even a factor in the entire project that is Star Citizen? Like, as much as Squadron would like to say that it's the, uh, the necessity, Star Citizen is the project. Squadron is the story mode addition, in my opinion. Um, so, as I've said multiple times, stuff that they've worked on in, in Theories of War has benefited both the Persistent Universe and Squadron 42. With internal testing, the throwing animation back in that uh, ISC, uh, the destruction animation, and several optimizations, networking, um, art, a lot of the FPS gameplay, even with internal testing, uh, CitizenCon testing, and Evocati testing, has greatly improved the code base overall. Even though we haven't been able to see the game, it has affected the project massively. Now, the, the only question left is how can it benefit us in the future, and do we still need it? My opinion, yes, we definitely still need um, Theaters of War to be in Star Citizen, not only to fulfill promises made, but also as a weapon or as a ship gets added, especially smaller ships, vehicles. The G-12 was sold at Invictus Launch Week as a military vehicle. I think we should test that out. And the only way to really test a rover is to put it in a full combat scenario against infantry tanks and uh ships we have the c2 which is going to need v, v vehicle v ship v infantry testing and not just because we want to throw stuff and blow stuff up but because the balance of the game this is something that sean tracy actually hit on every time he spoke the balance of the game depends on that testing when you go let's say um uh, Jumptown, Jumptown V2 events. Um, once you get there, you can't... Oh, there's there's a bug when you drop a bomb that only uh, vehicles are blown up. I'm making up a bug that could exist. But um, you can't figure that out only after you're, you're having players use these things or you can't leave it in there for so long. And bugs like that only start to show up when you have dense players or repetition of use with players doing slightly varied things the years of war becomes a hotbed not only for mass player counts 40 players in a single map but also repeating it every 30 minutes gives the telemetry on what exactly players are doing and how they're breaking it so a lot of the testing that needs to be done for combat in the persistent universe not necessarily squadron squadron's gonna probably uh benefit more from the code base updates and general balance the persistent universe is going to uh, benefit mostly from the exact balance so how a good ursa is both in armor its turret and it's kind of validity as a vehicle itself both the g12 the artemis missile launcher and the railgun uh, I'm pretty sure are not in Squadron or very lightly used in Squadron as far as I've heard. Um, those are those are persistent universe balances that need to go in. Um, there was something about knifing a ship to see if it would fall over or something. I think that's a bug they encountered. I couldn't confirm that. But that's stuff you need to test. And you wouldn't really test that anywhere 
but combat plus ships and not combat in ships, but combat next to ships. And so this is where Theaters of War still has merit today, even into the future, even after we go point uh, version one of Star Citizen, any new ship that is added can be tested in this way. And there are even uh, several uh, mentions of wanting to do a capital ship v. capital ship scenario. And this could be, again, in several phases. The thing that came to my mind was the Galactic Conquest in Battlefield 2, the old, or the Battlefront 2 <laughs> series. I always get the two mixed up, or the two names mixed up. Um, where it's, you have your, your stuff you do on the each cap ship, but then you go to the hangar, and you fly out, and you dogfight, and land on the other capital ship, and do stuff over there. And that's possible just already with the systems that are in uh, Star Citizen. So it would make a good test bed to get capital ship warfare tested, because they have this entire new control scheme that needs to be tested for cap ships. And obviously... Like, you could only run Xenothreat to figure out if an Idris or Javelin is good so many times. Theaters of War is a... Expectation is repetitiveness. So, unfortunately, this story does not have a nice ending. There's no clean bow on it um, to tell you where it is. But it is still out there. Work is being finished. Uh, we'll know by the end of Q2 where it is. Um, just because... Well, they're either going to forget it exists for another quarter. Uh, everyone was shocked that um, they didn't talk about it at CitizenCon. Or they're going to start acknowledging it in. I imagine Sean Tracy... Like, I imagine if I put up a Spectrum thread, which I didn't think to do before. I should have done this a week ago. Um, see if Sean Tracy will actually uh, talk about it. Like, he loves this project. This has been, like, his project for the past two years. And it's only over the past year that we've heard nothing. It's been being worked on as we've seen in the monthly reports so this is very a very long-winded outro to this um a scanner anomaly but that is the current state of why when where how uh, for theories of war and i'm going to go and rest while uh tree does his scanner <laughs> anomaly hopefully no, I, I i matched the the insane amount of research you did for your last anomaly you did last uh show <laughs> Last, yeah, mine <laughs> was heavy on last one. But like uh, with what you said, you know, I can't tell you how many people have said, oh, the Theaters of War is canceled. They mentioned it in a monthly report just like five months ago. If it was canceled, yeah, they would have <laughs> fired Fire Sprite. They wouldn't continue working on it. Fire Sprite, yeah. has the, Fire Sprite has several other games in production. They are owned by Sony now. They have to mm -hmm. make Sony games now. Yeah. They could the, use those 10 devs elsewhere. <laughs> The, the issue with Theaters of War is because it shares the same code base, it isn't going to, in, in, a, it, it's in a large arena-style game mode, it is not going to work well until the, you know, the, the networking code base for Star Citizen is up to snuff. And that, that is something that, I actually did forget to put in the, yeah. uh, the, the, the script here, is mm -hmm. what a major desync fix is going in in 3.17. Theaters yeah. of War is not in 317. There's no way that's going to happen. Um, I just saw Sadabal mentioned in the chat, and I'm sad now. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Theaters of War is not in 317 as far as I've known. I've heard some leaks about what is and isn't in it. 
and Theirs of War is not in it. Um, I do, I do definitely expect a something by the end of the year, and Sadabal will exist at some point. I'm, I'm determined. It, well, if it, you've, it's at least a spectator sport. If you've yeah, the. They are not going to be massive improvements to the networking code base until after they get server meshing in. Um, but there is a decent so, fix. Yeah, there are there are desync fixes, but I think that they're not going to be able to focus on the the ultimate desync fixes until after you know. Okay, server meshing is in. Now we can work on the desync fixes and really buckle down on that, and that will transfer over to theaters of war. But if you've watched Ray, any of Ray's guides videos. Um, he's been doing a great series, you know, and I, I like to plug other content creators um, when I can, but he's been doing a great um, series on server meshing and what it means to players. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he talks about is, you know, the, the problems, you know, or, or the, what, uh, what are the limiting factors of why we only have 50 players per server. And right now the 50 players per server limit um, is due to, you know, the limitations uh, on the server of absolute dispersion you know if you have all 50 players spread out all mm -hmm. over the star system the server has to literally run everything you know and, and it's a huge load um, but also um, there is the limitation on the client of absolute concentration and um, theaters of war is an example of absolute concentration and the you know the way you fix absolute concentration is you need to have your client up to snuff in order to handle you know all those entities and stuff and so that's why you can have you know battlefield running and you can have good frames and everything um because it is not a the servers aren't overloaded you know it, they don't have no issue relaying the data um after the network fixes and everything you know and uh, you know player location um authority is established mm -hmm. you know not going to be an issue um once they get server meshing done and they can work on the network optimizations, but yeah. you still need the client to run better. And I big think part I'm... of the client running better is the Gen 12 render yep, and the Vulkan API. Yeah. When they're, those things are the Gen 12 render is like right around the corner. Mm -hmm. I don't know where we are on Vulkan. And I think that's something that we should probably delve is into it... in the near future. Is Vulkan you know, a separate thing? It is the Vulcan is the API, and it is the like almost like the round two of um, performance improvements on top. You know, whereas uh, Gen twelve is round one, and so okay. I think with Gen twelve um, coming in, you know, in the near future, that could allow them to revisit another playtest for Theaters of War, along with the recent desync fixes. And something that's my tinfoil hat in yeah. interpretation. And something it. you had mentioned. Um, with the location teams being moved off Aaron Halo onto uh, Pyro, the network team will have to uh, focus on Theaters of War. To get Theaters of War, the arcade kind of client uh, server handshake to happen, because it's not a mesh server, but they will uh, benefit from the performance that server meshing will give, because it is a different architecture. Um, so those network people have to finish their work to be able to have time to work on other things, specifically arcade modes. Though they have been doing um, the, the 15 people, around 15 people, that have been working on Theaters of War and um, they have been working on Star Marine and Arena Commander. And it is in a pretty good place. It is a bit clunky right now, but that's kind of uh, just the 
the entire PU at this point. Like yeah. it's all the same code base. But yep. Star Marine and... is stupid fun. It's not as polished, obviously, as as something like uh, a Halo Infinite. But it's also not a release game. It's something. It's a side project, basically. Yeah, these those three side projects people people shit on them a lot, and <sighs> and I totally get it. But you have to realize that once SC, you know, the the persistent universe is in a a good place with network optimizations, those things are going to run great along with the 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 engine, um, you know, Gen 12 and uh, Vulcan API. Those things will run fantastic, no issues. You know, I get good performance out of them already. You know, once you fine tune the network things, it'll be, you know, fantastic. And with all these other teams building just ungodly amounts of assets for the PU, <laughs> whether it's weapons, armor, locations, and Light stuff. Light fixtures, blades of grass. Yeah, all this stuff can be used, you know, by game designers to rapidly make game maps and scenarios for all three of these game modes. Those three game modes, and I've always said this, if you put those, you know, if you make those free to play and then just tie in microtransactions to it, just like Call of Duty, you know, uh, uh, Warzone, you know, Fortnite, all those things. Even if you they know, did like the super um, uh, consumer nice, I forgot where the sentence was going, the super consumer nice version of microtransactions. Um, being able to just buy uh, the REC. So mm -hmm. everything is attainable in-game by playing the game. But in case you want to just boost your REC, just buy an REC pack, which is the in-game, in-game arcade currency. So it's like three layers deep. To buy uh, modules for arcade ships that do not um, go copy over to the Persistent Universe. Stuff mm -hmm. the uh, persistent universe sometimes copies into uh, the arcade modes. Um, See, I think the cosmetics, if you bought it for you know the the free game modes, mm -hmm. you can use it in the free game mode and everything, just like with Call of Duty or you know Warzone and, mm -hmm. and Fortnite and stuff. But that you know it encourages, hey, you've already paid the dollar ninety nine for this cosmetic for a ship or your armor or your weapon. Um, but if you buy the PU, you have that for the PU. And now you've you've, you've yeah, doubled the value, you know. Yeah, I think and that is that is hmm. such easy low hanging fruit for yeah. CIG. It would be just insane to not not do that. It, you know, not soon. Not um, soon. You know, it not not a priority soon. But you know, several years down the road, and then you know, for you know, Microsoft and PlayStation, you know, when they're you know saying, hey, we want to port over Squadron Forty Two. Sweet, you can port over Squadron Forty Two, and by doing porting over Squadron Forty Two, you've already ported over the entire code base essentially for these game modes. Mm -hmm. That 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 opens up the player base and the playing player base by just ungodly amounts of people. And you know, you were talking about how you know you like the idea of slowing down, you know, gameplay in the persistent universe. Yep. And I get that, and I feel the same way. But these are game modes that let, let people. Um, interact with the star citizen universe swiftly in a, a quickly in a, a a low effort you know you know hey i don't have time to to you know travel from one planet to another in this system today i'll plan on doing that on saturday but i've got an hour after work i'm going to drop yep. in and, and get a couple matches in tow or star marine and it lets you practice the things that you'd be doing in the pu yeah and that you know there's that holistic aspect of the game all over again um that is you know 
and that, that even, yeah, no one else has. Even if Star Citizen itself never came to a console, there are ways to get PCs on console. Mm -hmm. uh, there are several different services now. Shadow, uh, NVIDIA yeah. has theirs. To get that, so if you have the arcade modes at the very least, and the story mode, like the story mode should be on everything. Like, Chris, just don't stop that from happening, please. Your game can be much bigger if it's on more places. That's a known marketing thing. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, if the if the arcade or the story modes on many platforms, and they don't want to get a five hundred dollar console and a two thousand dollar a thousand or two thousand dollars to play the game, uh, for Star Citizen, well, on PC, yeah, yeah, because it you need peripherals and all that. But yeah, uh, then you <laughs> can just do a service that will give you a PC of much higher spec on your console. All consoles at this point, I think, other than uh, uh, what is the, the Fisher-Price, uh, the Switch, right, um, <laughs> can do keyboard and mouse. So you don't have to worry about peripherals. They do that. Um, mm -hmm. I know the Xbox has Xbox-specific HOTAS. I actually have one somewhere. It hates PCs, but it is an Xbox controller mapped as a HOTAS. Uh, so peripherals are okay. You can get Star Citizen to work through a console. I've seen it done through a tablet once. And that was weird to see because they were using, I think it was Shadow. I think it might have been just board doing it. Now, I've seen it once, so it's definitely possible. But mm -hmm. getting the word out there, getting people to taste it, Star Citizen, and then to say, hey, there's more over here. Yeah, Player you can numbers give them a taste for free. Yeah. You know. Player numbers mm -hmm. are a big thing to uh to selling a game and to like there there is always the monetary That's like how you get one hundred star systems and yeah. three episodes of Squadron forty two. Yeah, you yeah, need player numbers. Mm -hmm. And to get let's let's just go out on the furthest limb possible. To get Star Citizen two, you need Star Citizen to have ridiculous player numbers. Yeah. And if it if it doesn't do that, if it were not getting MMO level players, it will it will event it will have a slow and painful death. Yep. You can't have Star Citizen be a niche like Eve and be it as successful as it really needs to be. Mm -hmm. And that's why the game is designed the way it is with the low barrier to entry but high high barrier to mastery um but it had a wide variety of gameplay mechanics um but then if you also do that for game modes and have it low barrier for just interaction within a universe that you've created um you know on top of the pu and the story modes you know that that's just absolutely huge it's a, a diversifying your your product um to a, a wide variety of markets and I, I just noticed that uh, we're already over uh, two hours. Here, I was thinking we were going to have a short episode. Um, what is your scanner anomaly? Oh, yeah. I forgot I had one of those. <laughs> yeah, my so my scanner anomaly, um, and thankfully, you know, since we went on a, a long tangent, but I think a worthwhile one yeah. talking about things. Um, we should, we yeah, should have, like, next episode. Mine is actually pretty just, straightforward. Just complete banter. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> one of these days we'll rein ourselves in. But yeah, mine, mine is actually pretty straightforward. Um, and so I think this is about two months ago. Um, I noticed this and it was in the um, Astropub Discord. And again, I, I'm ter- I swear I'm going to be better about this, you know, giving credit to who originally <laughs> asked the question. Um, but someone, he didn't ask the question, but someone uh, made, made note that, hey, the Genesis Starliner was on the progress tracker. And now it's gone. And so, of course, you know, if you're in the Astropub Discord, you know that uh, Jake Acapella, Jake Bradley, is um, a a frequent um, guest within the Astropub Discord. We talk to him regularly. He's a very helpful, very nice guy. Um, mad props to to Jake. Um, but we asked him, we're like, hey, did the Genesis get pulled? You know, was it one of those things got that got unceremoniously removed from the progress tracker? And he's like, wait, what? And we're like, yeah, it's not on the progress tracker. I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and it, it's not there because it was just a vehicle concept art sprint for a couple months, I think it was. And he's like, I'm looking at it right now on my internal version, and I'm looking at it, I can see the Starliner right now. And we're like, okay, but we're, how are we seeing two different things? And he's like, I have no idea. And so he, he started looking into it, and I followed up with him about it uh, a couple weeks back. Um, and I didn't get as much follow-up done because I wanted to have it done before the previous, not this most recent roadmap, but the previous one, so I could get some screenshots, but I'll have to uh, give an update on this after the next update. Um, <clears throat> so that's the context um, about, where, you know, hey, why why is this a thing? And so I asked him, um, uh, you know, hey, you know, uh, we asked about the Genesis Starliner. Has this been, you know, been any resolution to this issue? Why it's not showing up on the external publish of the progress tracker? Um, you know, and I also asked him, are there any other deliverables who are experiencing this? Because you know, the only thing we noted was the Genesis Starliner should be showing up, and it wasn't. Um, and um, turns out there there are multiple deliverables that are experiencing this same issue um and and so uh what's jake told me he's like i got some of them back but not all currently it's due to certain teams changing their sprint cadence quarter split into 13 versus six to seven and I was like, wait, what? And I was like, some of them. There are more uh, deliverables missing. You know, do you have a list of the affected deliverables? What, uh, what were and what still are? You know, because you said you got some of them fixed. Um, that you can share. You know, uh, is there a list you can share? Um, and I'm not sure what you mean by sprint cadence. And he's like, I don't have an exact list, but I'd know what the problem is. So fixing that problem would solve it for any that I'm unaware of. Um, he said he knew of. Um, several he's like it's hard to keep track of 600 deliverables he's like so a quarter is divided into sprints for each team and depending on the team they sprint uh, a quarter or they split a quarter into four parts six to seven parts or 13 parts um, and this is all depending on the team yeah, you know they're all different um, and he's all once in a great while uh, a team will get a new producer and it changes you know from one schedule to the next um, and he's like, that change is what's causing the bug. Uh, and I was like, I totally get you. You know, have you been away, uh, made aware of any other deliverables that are are missing, not showing up? Um, 
you know, are you able to share any of those? He's like, uh, he's like, honestly, I think it's at least a half, you know, probably about a half dozen, but I don't have a list because depending on the week, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And he was talking about the fix that they had initially tried to see if they could get it working. Um, and so from one week to the next, you know, these deliverables that aren't showing or one, one robot published the next, these uh, deliverables that are, uh, coming and going are are coming and going, um, and uh, and I uh, I got his permission to share this stuff. Um, he's like because depending on the week, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But he's like for the bug, I'm almost certain the only teams that it's affecting now is vehicle concept art and web. It's the weapon WCT content. is weapon content team. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um. And he's like, that's why this bug has been so long standing. It's really tough to reproduce um, and figure out why it's still affecting these two teams. And so with this recent, and that's why this got brought back up is because with this most recent publish, or was it the one before that? You know, it's with this most recent publish, the Genesis Starliner is back on the progress tracker. You can go look it up, look it up. It's right there. Seven weeks. Um, yeah. And um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a list of all the deliverables on the vehicle concept art and uh, weapon content teams um, that are showing up right now. And then I will track them and compare with what is showing up um, after the next publish, this next, not, uh, not, was it tomorrow, Wednesday? Next week's, after next week's publish. Right. And then we'll see if there are any other deliverables that, um, Either you know that that pop up without being announced, or that disappear without being mentioned, um, and we'll track it that way. And so that is, uh, and, and I'll do that. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do it for the next publish, and then the publish after that, just to sort of give us a good baseline to see how uh, how many changes um, and what other things are are showing up or not showing up. Um, but that is my scanner anomaly. That was the, the thing that came up on my scans. You know, I had a little ra fuzzy radar return and I dug down deep into it. And we'll, we're going to continue to monitor this scanner anomaly um, to, to see what is what is missing, see if it's anything um, really interesting that, you know. Hey, I wait have a, a resource for you, actually. Oh, perfect. There is a site by a backer. I'll put it in chat. Um, it's shinytracker.app, uh, yes. and he actually has. The snapshots already. Bingo. So okay, you can you that. can do that instead of waiting for it and mm -hmm. do it backwards as well. Yes. And I will do that probably... and I will work on the um I'll I'll put it in the show notes and we'll get an update for the next episode. Um so that way we can give you an update to to see which items are still being affected. Because I think he said it was narrowed down to about a half dozen between the two teams. Um, and uh, but it was more. Ah, the uh, yes, he even puts in the deltas, so he has mm -hmm. the deltas already there. Nice. Um, and before we sign off, I'm just going to give a quick little update um, and reminder from last week's episode, or not last week's, uh, the, our first episode. Um, my scanner anomaly was about changes and updates to the Arc Star map, and how since its release uh, towards the end of 2016, there have been a lot of changes on the Star map. Um, that uh, have gone largely unnoticed, um, and some um, uh, some of these changes uh, were updated on like the SC Tools wiki. Um, I wonder and if they have a bot a doing lot... it. 
Yeah. Well, they, I think they did, and now it's not working, or it hasn't been working for the <laughs> past couple of years, because the the changes that I have noticed um, were I found a separate post on Spectrum that showed that someone had been tracking the changes from 2016 through 2018, and so these changes had occurred since he stopped tracking them, and so they were to essentially 2019 up to present day. Um, so 2019, 2020, and 2021. Um, and I noticed that there's a lot of changes to the sizes of systems um, on the Arc Star map compared to uh, the SC Tools wiki, um, which is apparently out of date. Um, and then uh, someone left a comment, uh, a citizen by the name of Brixie, um, and he has noticed that there have been changes to the star map, and he may, had made a Spectrum post that he linked in there um, about additional large jump points being added. Ah. Um, and the, the reason this is so significant is, you know, large jump points can take any ship. Um, Up to a, so, uh, the biggest ship oh, we have announced is the Dreadnought. Yeah, the, those things would only be able to navigate via a large jump point. Um, and so the first one he noticed, um, and, and I, you know, this is really huge, was between Null and Oberon. Um, and Null is a massive pirate system, um, one of the ones that actually increased in size with the changes that I um, that were reported um, in my post. Um, but uh, Oberon is connected to uh, by a lot. I think it's a large jump point to Vega. Which is the star system that is attacked um, in uh, in Squadron 42, and basically sets off that campaign. You see Admiral Admiral Bishop walking around on Vega. Um, I think it's Artemis or Aramis um, in the 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 trailers. Um, but then Admirable 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 Oh my God Admiral 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 <laughs> Bishop actually um, after beating the Vandal back in Vega. Um, uh, counters another Vandal attack in Oberon. Um, and Oberon is connected to, I think it's Virgil is the one that Vega and Oberon are both connected to. I'd have to look. Um, but that's where he uh, smashes another Vandal attack using the Retribution Dreadnought there. And so there is a path via large jump point from Virgil to Oberon to Null which is a non-UEE claimed system, it's, but it's huge. It's like 100 and some odd AU across. But from Null, you can get to um, uh, go to a different branch of the UEE, um, and so you would have a different path into UEE, you know, UEE-held space. Um, I think it's Centauri is the next system, um, along with small and medium jump points to other vulnerable UEE systems. So it would stand to reason that the... Vandal would want to move into Oberon and then Null because they'd have free reign to go all over the place from there. Um, and then he mentioned a couple other ones. That, that was the first one. The second one, um, uh, he noticed put them in a few image. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, the addition of the Vulture system. Wait, a new system popped up, or yeah, the vulture system wasn't always there. It's one of those ones that's a vandal system, but it's not connected to anything. I, um, I'm gonna call that a mistake. Or no, yeah, or 
now connected to Orion by another. Or, yeah, the vulture vulture is connected to Orion by another large jump point. I'm, I'm gonna call that. I'm gonna call that uh, spoilers because there's a reason we don't have the jump points, and I imagine there are systems we still don't know about and we will learn about in Squadron. I wonder if that was uh, a a mispublish. Yeah. Hat and all. Who knows? Yeah. But um, so yeah, so that's what... been really easy, really interesting to track. Um, if you go into the show notes from the previous episode, you can see the link um, mm-hmm. to my post and to that guy's post. If you have a chance, um, if you'll go in and give them an upvote, so we can get some um, attention on them uh, from the lore team and maybe get an answer as to the ramifications for these changes and some explanation for it, that'd be great. Uh, did you look up yeah. perhaps where uh, the retribution is being constructed? Well, the retribution was constructed um, in orbit above MacArthur uh, in the Killian system, but um, you know, as far as the only knowledge that we have of it being used, right, um, is in you know the uh, there were in, one, in two, two or three of them made, and one was lost. There's only one. There's been speculation that you know it, it, it gets lost in Squadron Forty Two or whatever. Well, no, there's, there's the, the, I know there's two. Mm-hmm. You'd have to show it to me, but I'm, okay, there's, I'll look for it. As far as I know, there's only I'll one. I'll come back next week with the, the proof that there's two of them. Um, but did you proof check that there is from Killian to Oberon a large jump point train? There's nothing from Killian to Oberon. Oberon is on the other side of uh, UE space. But from can you Killian. get? But can you get there through large jump points? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It would, long trip. But, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> they need to make sure that it wasn't going to be found by the Vanduul before they were done with it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting lore stuff. Uh, yeah. So as me. as they finish up the story for Squadron, as they work on the new star map, stuff is getting moved around. Stuff's getting finished. Like mm-hmm. the the. Not even like the backbone. It's kind of like they're they're shoring up the 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 universe in a way they can't undo when they go to make the second episode the third episode and the next series which if anyone ever asks no there's no proof there's a second series coming but the only thing that makes sense they have all these very specific teams to make an fps game a single player story campaign they're gonna make a second series if they have time if they have like money so oh are you talking about something separate from Squadron Forty Two, but a different campaign? Yeah, after they get the three episodes of Squadron done, yeah, it's gonna be another story, either another, uh, either a further campaign or a more historic campaign. So, tinfoil hat. Oh yeah, putting it on oh, yeah. again. Oh yeah, and we can close out with this because it's getting late and I have to work in the morning. I I will bet money that it is instead of a UEE naval pilot. You're a UEE Marine oh. and is a a first person shooter based campaign um, fighting the, you know, boarding actions, landings, because otherwise, why would they talk? You know, they, there's not a lot, but there is a good amount of lore surrounding the UE Marines, um, both, you know, the, the lore fiction, but also the lore team just sort of detailing them. Um yeah, talking about how the UE Marines have their own ships, their own special fast attack carriers equipped with nails. Um, you know, we've and, got and how much they hate the Navy. <laughs> yeah, and, and we have you know 
they're in Squadron 42 already. You know, it would be uh, a fantastic campaign uh, to do something for the UE Marines. So you could even, because they, they, yeah, Squadron 42 is about Squadron 42. They already have a Special Forces UE Marine platoon. I think it's, was it Platoon 36 or something like that? Or It, it, have to it would it even again. follow the name scheming, too. Yeah. Instead of Squadron 42, could... it's Platoon 60, 30, whatever you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, Blizzrad in chat uh, said, I'd love to see a smuggler based story. And, you know, there's no reason they couldn't. You yeah. Know? I mean, we're, we already have, uh, uh, what, uh, with the, the belligerent duck. Yeah. You know, they could easily make all sorts of little, uh, you know, or, or big campaigns, um, yeah, you know, with this the giant point, studio they're building. At the point that Squadron series is done, uh, we'll have a lot of systems. So they can just say, hey, I want this system, this system, and this system, and branch that off, and then start working on bespoke locations. They'll have yeah. a lot of the levels mostly there. They just have to make the bespokes. Um, and then it's just, again, the content teams that are already working on Squadron just doing the same stuff, again, in different uh, uh, different flavors. Mm-hmm. So, And then, uh, depending on the success of both Star Citizen and Squadron, it depends on the cast you'll get. Maybe yeah. like, like, you get famous smugglers to do it, or more marine movie focused people, depending on you know where you take the story. Because a lot of the people in uh, Squadron are sci fi focused or uh, historic Chris Roberts characters. Mark mm-hmm. Hamill, uh, John Reese Davies, Andy Sykes is just in everything that has mocap in it. So. Um, yeah, so it would be really interesting to see, obviously, way far in the future, like, this is, like, still 15, 20 years out, 25 years out, like, they have two oh, I, I more think whole they could do it a lot games. Than that with the, the giant team that they're building, but, you but know, two yeah, whole they, they games. definitely have to build Squadron 42 first, but I could see with how much less effort the follow-on episodes of Squadron 42 would be, and how much less effort doing a separate campaign would be with all the assets and the game, everything, you know, all the stuff you've really, you really yeah. need built. You don't need they to work could, on combat you know, anymore. You don't need to work you could on wor- You could work on two, you know, two campaigns at the same time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I said, all right. That has been the, the, the actor from Reacher. Make him the platoon commander for <laughs> platoon 36. Okay. I, 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 my brain's not connecting the two dots yet. So I'll have to go look that up and refresh my brain. Um, mm. But yeah, this has been... I think this is longer than last time. So there goes my short episode. Whoops. <laughs> and on top of everything, I'm going to need to do some extra editing. Because uh, I forgot to hit record at the beginning of the thing. So I'm going to have to go pull it off of Twitch and convert it to an MP3 then to upload it. But as far as housekeeping goes... um. Uh, so this is being recorded or streamed live on Twitch on the Monday, what is today? Monday, the 21st to the morning of Tuesday. It's now one third in the morning for me. Um, and I will get this, uh, fixed up hopefully by Tuesday evening and it should release either Tuesday or Wednesday of the 23rd, um, on 
iTunes and Spotify, and there should be an RRS. I don't know what the acronym is. The feed thing where you go and watch podcast things. Um, all links should be in the show notes and descriptions of it's going up on YouTube almost immediately. So it, that'll be up Tuesday. Uh, so lots of places to go find this podcast. Um, if you guys will have any specific place you want to see the podcast, uh, let me know in the show notes. I will be putting the uh, Discord that I most frequent my own. Um, and if you guys want to ask any questions, you can go there. Um, uh, if you don't want to join a Discord, the YouTube comments is always open for any kind of conversation. And I hope to see you all in two weeks where we have yeah. so much roadmap to cover. Oh my goodness. It's going to be awesome. Oh. Yeah. And, and everybody who, who watched, who dropped in and, and watched us. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for like, live. Thanks for joining us. Even in my normal streams, I rarely ever get above three people. And at one point today we saw a uh, number of nine people at once. We're up to nine right now. Uh, it says seven to me, so I don't know. Uh, Twitch is yeah. terrible at doing that. So, yeah, thank you so much, everyone, for showing up live. Um, yeah, you guys keep uh, keep our brains kind of moving and, and may bring up stuff. You have bring, brought up stuff that we haven't thought of, so that's always cool to see. Um, any last comments for this episode? No, this, been, this has been fun. And, uh, yeah, if uh, anybody who is in... It, it, it following along you know or if you talk to anyone who watches later if you guys have questions um filter out you know get them sent over our way help us uh come up with content so that we can dig into these questions on your behalf and and get you know get good answers for the community you know get some good information out there so that way everybody can form their own opinions you know um, good bad or otherwise so are you are you keeping the new name at waypoint yeah <laughs> yeah oh okay so yeah so it, it, yeah people who uh who haven't seen this episode are just gonna be missing out your your tree but you're also waypoint so there's lore being made <laughs> okay have a good one everyone have a good night oh my gosh goodbye